0: You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to part two of our recap of Star Wars The Force Awakens, episode seven. The one that we didn't want to go into two parts, but unfortunately it kind of did, so yeah. Let's get into it. Part two of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Well, one thing that people do know is that we're about to have a battle, because... This is called Star Wars, and it wouldn't be a franchise without wars, right? Did that. No. (laughs) That failed. Move on. Uh, Or stars. Or stars. (laughs) Or Lapita (laughs) Nawongo! And in this case, the star is (laughs) Lapita Nawongo! Ray's running through the jungle because she's. She is. Uh, and then all of a sudden we see all the the, the fighters coming in. Um, there's that great shot of the tie fighters uh, flying in front of like the sun. Is it a sunset or sunrise? Like it's a sun or something. Um, which I think was that using the trailers when this was released because it, it was. A, it's a great shot. Like I mean, I don't think we've really commented too much on the cinematography of this movie and. I mean, have we even had weed wipes and, um, you know, circle blends and all that sort of stuff?
1: I, I didn't notice them a lot. Yeah, there's. I, I think that's one of the problems with this trilogy is it, it, it feels like there's times where it naturally should happen and it just doesn't like uh you know all the transitions back and forth at the beginning when they're introducing all the characters like just remember that shot of finn coming up the breathing shot from the trailer yeah there was like no wipe before that and and if it's just that fine but like when ray's introduced the first time it just sort of cuts to a shot of her with her mask on like there's times in this movie i understand if you want to tone it back a bit but there's so many moments where you're like this needed a wipe this needed to dissolve it's
0: yeah, and I don't think we've really mentioned much about a J.J. Abrams flares either, have we? Because we haven't really... I don't think there were yeah. too many, are uh, there in this... I mean, there are some. I
1: think we just saw, like, the first real obvious one here when they're blowing up the the Republic planet and uh, the, that shot of Kylo Ren looking out the, uh, the Star Destroyer or whatever and you see, like, the, the blast sort of splitting. There's, like, a big lens flare there, but, like, it's nothing to the level of, like, Star Trek... We get lots of
0: shit getting blown up here. um, And how does Kylo Ren get there so quickly? Is this a case of the whole, like, how close was he before when the planets were blowing up? Because he's there. Like, he's there straight away. Like, hello, I'm Kylo Ren. I'm here to rescue you. What? No, that's not it. (laughs) Aren't you a little short to be an evil guy in a black suit? (laughs) Um, But he arrives and Ray has a gun, which is a shitty looking gun. Can I just point that out? Um, we've got the whole, oh, it's a story for another time bullshit there. Um, uh, there's a couple of cool shots in this battle though. I I love the Han Solo look away where he kind of like fires at a stormtrooper, you know, badass Han Solo. Uh, he uses Chewie's, uh, gun and what does he say? Like, oh, I like this or something like that. Or how, you know, just use a crossbow gun, which is pretty cool. Like that's a great little moment. Um... Then I mean uh, I don't know like I feel like I'm trying to be negative about this but because it's I don't like this whole moment when Finn's got the lightsaber and I'm not even going to say a character's name. Lapida Longo says to him like you know when he's like oh I don't have a weapon and just like yes you do and then it's just like like he's got the lightsaber because this comes into that whole thing doesn't it about oh who's the force user does does Finn have the force like oh here he is using a lightsaber oh whatever. And then you have random stormtrooper who somehow knows who Finn is outside of his uniform. Traitor! Uh, It's kind of... This just goes back into the whole thing when we heard before, when whats a face is like, you know, did I say you could remove your helmet? Like, obviously I'm sure they remove their armour every now and then, otherwise they'd be very smelly. But, like, is this... I don't know, he's he's Bunk Buddy or something like that. That's kind of like, hey, there's FN21, blah, blah, blah. And instead of just being like, you know, traitor. Like, I mean... So many Stormtroopers get killed off in this franchise, right? Why does he... Or, like, is this spread around the Stormtrooper memo service? Like, do they have a WhatsApp group or something like that? Where they're like, hey, did you hear the news? <laughs> FN21 blah, blah, blah. He defected. Oh, traitor! Like, I mean, why do they not just think he's dead if he's missing from his like cell? I mean, God damn it, these They die all the time. So, of course, this leads us to having you know, Finn having a battle with this stormtrooper with a w- whatever the weapon the stormtrooper has, a, a weapon that we never see again? Or no, we see it in The Last Jedi, don't we? Maybe. No, oh, I don't know. I don't remember that movie. Yeah. Uh, we do. Okay, thanks. <laughs> we we'll never see it ever again, except for the very next film. Uh, Han saves his ass because, you know, wh- why couldn't that be Daniel Craig? I just want Daniel Craig to be like, sorry, sorry, yeah. traitor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trader, trader. <laughs> get, like, super angry. Um, Han, Chewie, and Finn get kidnapped, but, oh, who's going to show up now? It's the Resistance. Yay. And who do we see survived? Poe. Because I didn't actually realise that was Poe. <laughs> I think even Mallory <laughs> didn't realise it was Poe. It was kind of, it's, it's done in a way where it's like, you're meant to be like, oh, my God, Poe's alive. Yay. But, I don't know, she's sexually handsome face. Maybe he's just a bit too covered. Um, but, look, I, again, I feel like I'm being very negative here. Uh, I, I think the, the the space stuff is kind of cool, like the battle, the getting shot and everything like that. Uh, you know, you love a good battle. I love a good war in Star Wars, uh, and it looks fantastic. Um, but I kind of, yeah, going back to, I think, the point we raised before about how are we really using TIE fighters and X-Wings on, on land? Like, these do feel very spacecrafty. Like, that's a good thing, I think, that kind of they could have used different... Mm-hmm. Different sort of crafts here. um Meanwhile, I, we talk about the the great John Boyega lines and his over exuberance, right? Like, I, I don't know how I feel about that moment when you see like Poe kicking ass and it's like, "Woo, that's one oh. hell of a bite. Like, it's just kind of really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the entire like I brought this up before. I know I have, but. That's the entire movie, is that it's almost like J.J. Abrams had this feeling of inadequacy with the new characters. He really wanted it to be a story for the new characters, but you constantly have everybody else talking about how great your new characters are here with the the Poe thing. And then so many people say, who is that girl? This girl can use the force. How does she, how is she so powerful? Like it's like they're overselling these characters just because they feel like people won't be attached enough to them. Yeah, no,
0: I agree. And it's kind of like, we talked about that before about how at least they sort of back it up, you know, this, this, I guess, reputation that Poe has. that he's a great pilot. Fair enough. But yeah, like on your point, you don't need to point it out every single five minutes. It's like, you know, you, you you're not watching a movie about LeBron James, and every five minutes someone's going, "Wow, that guy's really good at basketball, isn't he?" Like, <laughs> it's a movie about LeBron James. We know he's good at basketball. Like, it's kind what if of.
1: traitor hits at it. It's like traitor guy. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> woo! That guy's really good at flying, Trader. Uh... Oh. I know you're a
0: traitor and all, but you know what? I would have followed that man too. He's so just devilishly handsome. Look at him. Beautiful <laughs> face. <laughs> um, but anyway, we've got uh, Ray still in the forest with her ugly gun, and here's Kylo Ren, and basically... How's <laughs> up on this gun? <laughs> it looks like a toy you get from, like, Dollar Tree or something like that. Like, this is Star Wars. I expect <laughs> the weapon to look sophisticated.
1: It is interesting, because I didn't even mention this earlier, but if you think about it, how does Han know that there's even guns there? Like, he hasn't had this ship in a decade. I'm sure somebody these are somebody else's guns.
0: Exactly. Um, good point. They could be, you know, self-destruct guns or poison gas guns, because that's a thing on the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> yeah. apparently. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, yeah, Kylo Ren basically paralyzes Ray and says, Oh, I can get the information. And, oh, bugger it. We don't need the droid anymore. So, kind of, let's just like carry, carry her on the ship. But again, this is going back to what I've said plenty of times in this episode how I love Kylo Ren because it's just, you know, he's kind of young and naive and just kind of thinks, Oh, cool. I'm just going to take it because why do I need the droid anymore? I can read a mind. And it's kind of like, Well, you're putting all your eggs into one basket there, buddy. Uh, why not just take, you know, use the force to find BB-8, like use the, you know, mind reading trick that you can get to go, where's BB-8 or something like that. I don't know. So Kylo Ren takes her on ship. And then because Finn, uh, you know, so overly attached to this girl he met all of a couple of hours ago, same with Han, you know, <laughs> Ray! Ray! running towards the ship because this is the worst thing that's ever happened to him. Um, you know, five minutes ago, I, I I think I've established that Finn's uh traitor is the Marty McFly chicken. Like that's just that all of a sudden, like that sets him off. <laughs> so, uh, Finn's Finn's very yeah, Marty McFly. Nobody calls me a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just need somebody to like press a button on their suit and it's like, what are you chicken? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we oh we need traitor. Some... <laughs> We need somebody to rise in Skywalker to be like, "What are you, Yellow? <laughs> Nobody calls me Yellow <laughs> 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 Oh, how have we not done Back to the Future yet? Um. Anyways, <laughs> so kind of buggers off. I'll know.
1: Oh, so- <laughs> yeah, this is completely off topic. You know why I want to do Back to the Future is just for the one. Part, like I think it's that same scene where he's like. Uh, let's finish this right now. No, no, no Right now, the Marshall's got a guns. Like I said, we'll finish this tomorrow. Tomorrow, we'll be in the Pine City State. What about Monday? We're doing anything Monday? <laughs> 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 oh,
0: that's what's so good about it. There's just so many moments about that movie that are just subtle little things. Oh, what a great, great trilogy. I'm so glad. I'm... <laughs> I don't know what you just said just then. I'm going to pretend that you said something. Many... 30- <laughs> 30th anniversary. Year. Yes, it is. It is. Well, that's, I mean, that's an anniversary, right? Um, what are we doing for anniversary month? Isn't it? Well, it's also the 20th, it'd be the 30th anniversary of number two and number three, wouldn't it? Well, there you go. Perfect excuse. <laughs> We've we'll just, we'll just changed our whole schedule up. Great job. Don't um, uh, so we'll yes. forget the last year. Back to the Future next week. <laughs> yes, sorry Rob, we've cancelled Star Wars. Right, stopping right now. Bye, Rent Bennett. Cool, <laughs> sweet. We could. Can we see Back to the Future? Bye bye. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna jinx it by saying there's a franchise that we're glad they haven't actually tried to do a fourth one, right? But I probably by saying that they're gonna Disney have bought the rights for it and coming soon some <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> new one. Oh God, Ben, stop killing franchises. You kill actors. But um, right. So Kylo Ren goes away. Oh no, sad. Uh, the, the resistance saves a day. A resistance ship lands, and who should we see? Oh, we've we've met Han. We've met Chewie. I was about to say we've met Luke. We haven't actually yet, but we've heard his name at least. Uh, and who should get off the ship? It's Austin Powers, Carrie Fisher. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so good to see you. Um, I like this moment though I mean, it's up there kind of with the Han sort of moment You see her sort of uh, coming out of the ship And then you've got this little moment between the two of them And then, who should also show up? C-3PO! Yay! <laughs> because reasons And speaking of reasons He has a red arm To which he also teases Oh, I, I bet you're wondering why I got my red arm Well, guess what everyone? You're not going <laughs> to find out I think it says in the visual diary why he got a red arm. I think from memory, Mm -hmm. but again, the Last Jedi takes place moments after this movie. Right? He goes from having a red leader, and he's got a gold arm. Like in the again, freaking Ryan Johnson is like, "Fuck you all! I'm gonna do my own thing." Like, dude, this is literally five (laughs) minutes later. Like. The oh, thing we, know what we
1: should right really on. get is like the the Kylo Ren where he just breaks the helmet because Ryan Johnson didn't want him bound by the helmet. If we just start off the opening scene of you know Last Jedi, C three you know, breaking that red arm against the wall.
0: <laughs> 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 I have finally lost it, sir. <laughs> I have lost my boyfriend. R two D two has not spoken to me in years. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you get the subtle little Chewy hugging Leia thing. We're obviously going to get to that a little bit later on about the controversy around no hug from Chewy and Leia, but it, it happens yes. here. But, yeah, I mean, this moment between these two is great because that's one thing that's never really fully explained, but I kind of almost feel like you don't need that explanation as to why these two are apart. Like, yeah, there's a lot that has happened in the 30 years between this and the last uh, Return of the Jedi, but it's kind of... I think it's almost self-explanatory, isn't it? Like, um, cool, our son kind of turned evil... And also, you know, my brother sort of was part of that. So, lol, uh, let's have some time apart. Okay, see you, bye. Uh, <laughs> so, mm. It's kind of not really explained. Uh, so, uh, back on... Um, we're back with the Resistance's uh, little... What, what's their... their where are, where's their hideout? What's this, do we know what this place is called? Is this Yavin? This isn't Yavin, is it? No? Not, not, not Yavin. Not Yavin, cool. So, we're at Not Yavin. Um, not Yavin, <laughs> Finn um, is looking around for some... I don't get what Finn's face is doing. He's just kind of looking around for something. And then all of a sudden he sees, Woo, that's some great pilot! And then we've got this big romantic moment between these two who only hung out for an hour at the beginning of this movie. Finn is so attached to people he meets for like five minutes. <laughs> like This guy is a clingy boyfriend. I'm sorry if you like Finn. I like Finn. But he is clingy as shit. Uh, because he sees Poe, he runs up to him, they hug and they have a bro down because, dude, you kept my jacket. No, you can keep it. It looks better on you because I'm cool and I've got a beautiful face and you're excited that I'm a good pilot. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason for like... like I, Again, I like their chemistry, I like their bro vats and the five minutes we've seen of it, but like, this is it. There's no more of this. <laughs> <laughs> like, It's kind of... People make such a big deal out of these two that there's really limited screen time between these two for the fact, like, you know, I mean, if they become a gay couple in the third movie, fantastic. Let's explore that. But what reasons do we have to believe that? Because they've, like, had two conversations with each other and he's worn his jacket. Now he smells like Poe's sexy body spray or something. I don't know. I don't know what my point is. <laughs> if you actually...
1: well, more, like, let's, let's be honest here. If you actually add it up... Finn has spent more time talking to Moz yes. played by Lepidon <laughs> than he has with Finn because he just says I'm breaking you out and then he's like okay <clears throat> I need a pilot and then they escape this is how you shoot a gun yep. it is probably less than 10 minutes and then they're separated for the entire movie yep that's it <laughs>
0: Summary <laughs> of, of of the Force Awakens and this ento- entire sequel trilogy relationship between these two, but yeah, no, you're right, Lupin La- and Alongo, and Finn um is more of believable. Uh, so was, they've been physical. That, <laughs> with her, with her <laughs> with an image. Sorry, I was just picturing her butthole eyes, and then that just took a turn for the worst. Uh, <laughs> oh god, um. Uh, Where are we up to? Oh, yeah, so the map is revealed here. Um, C3PO says there's no charted systems, or they don't know where it is. R2D2 is hibernating for some reason, because, again, reasons. Uh, It just makes no sense that R2D2 is just, like, in shutdown mode. I just want, like, BB-8 to be like... I want the subtitles to go, did you try restarting it? Did you try turning it on and off again? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Who forgot to power cycle (laughs) R2-D2? Oh, you haven't installed an update since 2012. There's the reason. God damn it. Oh, wait a second. Who's been running Internet Explorer on R2 again? This is our problem, people. (laughs) Who's been using Wingdings to type their resume? Come on, people. This is just ridiculous. Um, Han and Leia have a conversation about Ben and... You know, that they saw him and stuff Because I, I I feel like, again, I'm underselling these moments But, um you know, I I, I don't know How how am I reacting to you? this, Colin? I feel like, should I be a little bit more excited for this? Because, yeah, it's great to have these two together But it's kind of just, oh, you know Like, I, I don't feel we're getting as much from there Going back to my point saying about how, yeah it's, You don't really need a lot of explanation as to why these two are apart Because, you know, our son is evil I then feel like a lot of this stuff is rushed between these two about, like, oh, I saw him, you know. Oh, yes. Oh, no. It's it's okay. He's still got good on him. Like, do, do you feel that way? Or am I just being a, a I don't know, what? A Ben?
1: Um, no. <laughs> I mean, I actually think it works better seeing less uh, They really only have two real scenes together, and I think that's fine. Um, I feel like the only way, as far as the story goes dramatically, the only way for this to have ever been pulled off any differently would be if these two characters were together in the beginning but maybe just alienated but i think it's actually a better story that they're completely apart and let's be honest the two scenes they have here still way better chemistry than they had in return of the jedi
0: (laughs) could you remember that movie is that what you can remember um Meanwhile uh Finn because again being a janitor at star killer base means he's uh, privy to all the plans of the the star the killer so he knows that um there's gonna be a thermal oscillator basically which you can destroy and that would basically blow the whole thing up um and so he's like hey I know where to go because again I was a janitor I know what to do <laughs> which, it's just. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, this is just this is just one of these dumb things where it's kind of like, A New Hope, you know, we had a whole movie made out of how they got the plans, right? Like, there was a whole thing about that. Return of the Jedi, we talked about how you could have Rogue Two made because that kind of sounds like a cool plot, how they got that here. Here it's just, <laughs> oh, guess what? We found this guy, he's a traitor, and he just happened to be <laughs> sweeping the room where the weakness is and overheard... FN 52376 talked to FN 444321 about, Hey, Jimmy, do you know that if uh, this got blown up, that this could destroy the whole thing? Oh, shh, don't tell anyone. Glad it's only us two that know. Oh, there's a janitor in the room. Oh, don't worry. That's just a new guy. He won't tell anyone. He'll never be a traitor. He's the most loyal guy in the entire First Order. Okay, lol. Like, that's basically it. You've lucked into this, so all of The Force Awakens can happen. Like, it's just... This is a thing that I have about this movie... That you know, we talk about how it is just an absolute ripoff of a new hope. but it's' it's done in a way where it's all well and good to live on the nostalgia and the tributes and everything, but it's just it's just frustrating because you just you just take away so much about what they set up in this franchise where yeah. it's just it's just basically cool. We've got a guy who just happens to know and we destroy like if you're gonna have this thing that's like ten times bigger than the death star, which sounds scary. Like, why are you destroying it in the first movie? Like, set this up as to Mm -hmm. it is so impenetrable, you cannot have a weakness, nothing can beat it, and then lead it into the third movie that we're about to see, that finally we've got a weakness. It's taken them three movies. Like, I just feel it's just, cool, guess what? There's the oscillator. Oh, we can can blow that up. Cool, I'll come with you. Okay, let's go. That's all it is to me. So... Maybe I'll just pause it there because I don't know if I've skipped over a lot in the battle and stuff that you want to talk about. But um, I feel we need to keep things separately because we're about to get a huge cameo from a person that's connected to a different series that is so important to this movie that I feel we need a whole sequence to talk about it.
1: Um, I I, think that is it a character from a TV show that we might cover on this network? I'm more so talking about a
0: side podcast that involves a famous spy um
1: okay you know well, Daniel no, no, in this that's movie, not what right, i, I can't really... <laughs> no i just i don't understand how you you even mentioned his line in the movie and you missed the fact that miles from lost is in this movie because
0: i i don't i don't know if i'd gotten to that point i'm skipping all over the place here because well like, you mentioned his line he's the one who talked he's the one who talked about the thermal velocity i was that like, him Is <laughs> said oh back. okay i know miles yeah. is here and... <laughs> Greg Grumberg is here. Like it's just, it's just a lost show. Yeah, Greg Grumberg! Like I know, I forgot. This is just. It's sorry. JJ <laughs> Abrams' greatest hits. All in this one scene. <laughs> where's Felicity? Where's Where's Jennifer Garner? <laughs> She's coming.
2: Matt, Matt, Matt. Which, ma- ma- by the way, I saw.
0: Um. Oh. What? Oh no! I was, just, huh? I was simply going to yeah. say that. That 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 no longer. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Where's Matthew Fox? He's available. He hasn't worked since 2010.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, there's a a ton of people who work for... Maggie Grace is going to work for a turkey sandwich at this point if you offer it to her. So get some more lost people in there, right? Ian Summerholder, why is Boone not in this series?
2: (laughs) I'll do it. I'll be a stormtrooper.
0: Shut up, Boone.
1: Anyway, um... And I just want to say, I, uh, uh, Greg great Grunberg. Uh, he was on Alias, so you know that—that's what I know for. But of course, he's in like everything J.J. Abrams does. Um, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but Jamie doesn't know who what his name is. She's never really even watched much of Alias with me. She just always says, "Oh, that's Fat Keanu Reeves from Heroes." <laughs> if you look at him, he looks like Fat Keanu Reeves. But she's always excited. Oh, that's that Fat Keanu Reeves guy
0: from Heroes. (laughs) So basically, Greg Grunberg is going to be hugely popular in about 10 years.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he just needs another decade on him. Um, But uh, no, we get some cool little J.J. Abrams cameos in here. And yeah, Carrie Russell is going to be coming. And uh, I did see her action figures already been released. Uh, That's cool. But... Uh, I don't know if they Did they have action figures For Miles and uh, Greg Grunberg Fakian Reeves here (laughs) Did they get
0: figures Surely Greg Grunberg Because I mean He's a little bit more prominent I mean Miles is just Come and go Like hi I'm Miles And he goes Mm -hmm. Thermal oscillator
1: (laughs) That's it (laughs) Even Ben misses
0: it (laughs) Sorry I'm just so Um, Captivated by the Riveting moments Of (laughs) Finn Destroying stuff Because of janitor reasons
1: I just want to... something you mentioned there about, you know, okay, well, it's just everything in this story. is just like, all oh, right, so we got this weapon. Oh, cool, we can blow that up. Like, you really don't notice how thin the story is because A New Hope, very simple story. You know, princesses kidnapped. Um, droids have secret plans to blow up their giant weapon. Farm boy and Jedi go off, rescue the princess, you know, take the plans, blow up the weapon. it's It's a very simple story, but yet the story doesn't feel thin. You're, you're interested by a lot of stuff that's happening. You're interested by the dynamics on the Death Star and, you know, what this would mean with the, the whole Empire now having all this power. And you get a sense of this rebellion fighting against things and all that. And I feel like there's really only, like, again, not criticizing this movie too much because I think it is a fun movie, but there's really only one thing in this movie that you, you want, you know... Uh, them to do more with, because even going back to that whole Han and Leia thing, I'm like, I'm okay with them just having the two scenes together, like, I feel like it works, but nothing about this movie wants you, you know, or makes you want to see the Rogue One of this movie, uh, except for the whole Republic thing, I want to know about the Republic, I want to know, you know, about the Resistance and the First Order and all that, well, I mean, sure, they're getting into it in the, the new animated series they have and everything, but Still, when you talk about like Star Killer Base, like I don't care, you know, about the building a Star Killer Base. If they made a movie about that, I, I'm not that interested in it. You know, Maz's adventures and how she got the lightsaber story for another time. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not interested. You know, how Finn grew up as uh, a brainwashed Imperial officer or whatever. Not that interesting. Uh, there's really nothing. Ray, I mean. It, yeah, the only thing—the reason people go so crazy over where did Ray come from—is because there's nothing else in this entire movie that really makes you, you know, want to explore beyond this movie. And again, it's not a knock against this movie so much; it's just a knock against the fact that the story is so thin that there's there's no substance there. There's there's nothing to expand on. And if anything, I mean, I think that the Rise of Skywalker, them having that gap in between Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, will present us with some new things because here I, there's really two problems one the story is thin but then again so is a new hope but you're just jumping into a point in time where not much has changed as we've already mentioned from return of the jedi It's just like oh yeah we destroyed the empire now nothing's really different 30 years later like th- they needed to present a world or a universe that was slightly different and perfect example what is the resistance? What are they resisting against? Yeah. We have a government that's barely mentioned in this. A government that rules the galaxy. They're in peace times for 30 years or whatever. You have a first order. You have a terrorist organization. And you have a resistance. Now even just the name the resistance. I mean a resistance would be something resisting against the authority. The first order is not an authority. Yeah. <laughs> so if you think about it. like The first order should be the resistance. And the resistance should be called the first order because all oh, we're protecting the Republic. But the idea that was there in the story that just all got cut out by the time they made the movie of, you know, the the, the Republic because they were in peace times and see people even decades later were so thrown off by, you know, the, the tyranny of the empire that they wouldn't accept an army. So when the first order starts making threats to the Republic, it didn't matter how threatening they were. The, 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 government and the people were like we're not trusting an army so the resistance had to be formed on the side with the authorization secret authorization it's kind of like you know the um the afghanistan war like the afghanistan russia war from like the late 80s united states very involved in that but all off the books and that's sort of what the idea of the resistance it's not present in this movie at all not even like anything that's alluded to And it's just, I don't understand the whole resistance first order thing. Like I want more explanation for that at least, but well, we won't get more explanation for that because there's no Republic. Uh, They just flushed that down the toilet. Um, Okay. So trader guy, (laughs) first, before you get to trader guy, Finn, who his entire purpose in this movie is that he could not bring himself to kill. He was on the battlefield for the first time and he just couldn't pull that trigger. He had a change in heart. So when he actually gets involved in his first real battle here, what do we see him doing? But stabbing about a dozen men through the chest with a lightsaber. Yep. <laughs> Why is he no longer? Because These are the people that he grew up with. I mean, it, it's not even just, oh, I don't agree with the First Order. Like, these would still be friends of his. The trader guy and him clearly had some type of connection. Like, they should have had some type of conflict with him. Even We mentioned you could have had that conflict at the beginning of the movie. You could have had it here, you know, during this battle stuff. But he's just, he's literally stabbing men through the chest when he would not pull the trigger early in the movie. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, but the traitor guy, now this guy became like a fan favorite uh, on the internet after this movie came out. In fact, I think he even got labeled as TR-8TR. Uh, which would spell out traitor. Oh, I get it. Uh, And Uh he does, I don't think the character has a name, but (laughs) fans just got so into it because they were so let down by Captain Phasma, who really is here for no reason at all, other than, again, J.J. Abrams was like, "Uh uh-oh, they're pointing out we don't have a lot of women in this movie. Well, let's throw a couple in there in the background. Uh, And I'm sure that, you know, what they really should have done was they should have made Captain Phasma the traitor one here. Which would have made the fight that she has with Finn so much more effective when you get to The Last Jedi that you have these two back to back fights and two back to back movies between the two of these? Who else would really care that much to call him a traitor? I mean, did she go and tell everybody, uh, order, order here, okay? Uh, all stormtroopers present, okay? Um, so FN2187, um, he didn't want to pull the trigger. Uh, he was a poor janitor, bad back record. You know, going all the way back. You know, he left a lot of floors uh, with with some dirty, sticky stains on them. Uh, <laughs> never been very good at his job. Um, well, he decided to break a prisoner out, so now we're branding him a traitor, and we think he only to get on board. And if you ever see him, just try to stab him through the chest, please. And it right. was anti-dental. Did she call him he didn't want dental. Yeah, exactly. He was trying to start a union, people, and we don't stand for that here <laughs> in the Empire. It's just... It, you were literally, like, hours removed from when he escaped, and everybody knows about this. Like, I would think if you're Captain Phasma, you'd be trying to, you know, keep this under wraps, because then the rest of the Stormtroopers are going to be like, we have free will? We can leave if we want? Well, I'm getting out of here, too. I want my dental. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> but, that's, that's what Fitch do. Uh, she should be like, like...
0: Bob, hang on a minute, before you start fighting me, it's so much better on the other side. Really? What are your benefits? Hey, i am got gentle already. Bugger this, takes off his helmet, pew, 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 starts
1: killing the southern (laughs) Stormtroopers. And you know what? FN2187, he went off to join the resistance, they have droids that mop floors there. Why, why are we <laughs> doing that job? I mean, the Empire had droids that cleaned up after their messes. Why are we mopping floors, people? And look how sexy their <laughs> pilots are. Managers. Look how sexy they yeah. are. Exactly. <laughs> 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 and they're allowed to have sex and breed and create children. <laughs>
0: And they give their droids multicolored arms. They've got accessories. It's <laughs> diverse in the, the resistance. <laughs> not just white um, uniforms. So racist. <laughs> King
1: of racist. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to call you racist. So I was sorry. But oh, when like I you mentioned like before. the idea that like... <laughs> don't <of> start the racist, bitch. <laughs> <day. laughs> When you mention the idea that, like, Traitor Guy and Finn... How does he know that's Finn? I just imagine they all have to wear their helmets all the time. Like, they're eating their oatmeal in the morning. It's like, oh, oh, just can't get it past the mouthpiece again. (laughs) (laughs) They had never seen each other. Like, he's like, oh, look, it's FN287. Hey, Traitor! Wait, you're black? And the Finn's like, you're not? (laughs) Like, did they not know each other? (laughs) Or was I and then you call them like bunk buddies or whatever. And say, Trainer, I gave you the best five years of my life, and this is what you do? You throw a relationship
2: away for a goal?
0: <laughs> oh god! <laughs> we need to. We, There's need to so many options. A, we need to do a side project here and just kind of do like the radio play of Stormtroopers or something like that. Because like this is, we're just creating a whole world here. Like it's like Days of Our Stormtroopers.
1: Oh, we have. That's the majority of the stuff. That's the reason all of our episodes go five hours. <laughs> the, our stormtrooper radio dramas here
0: this week on days of our stormtroopers. <laughs> oh,
2: I thought to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to watch that
0: um, as a kid. Never mind.
1: <laughs> I do like the traitor guy. I think it's a fun fight. I just again think that. Uh, fans responded to that so much because they wanted something like that out of Captain and They never got it. Um, and here's another idea, okay? So when Finn stabbing them all through the chest and even fighting this guy, like, shouldn't he be saying, listen, the First Order is wrong? Like, He came from this too. He knows that they were all raised from birth. These people are all innocent. I mean, if you're presenting a world where they're all brainwashed, shouldn't there be something about we need to redeem them, we need to change their minds? Meanwhile, he's just like you know what I'm okay with them all dying. Like it, it again, that doesn't really make sense. Which um, I think
0: you could tie that in actually, because that, that that's what we've we've all agreed. I think that's kind of it's a cool plot. Like let's have a stormtrooper turn good, but yeah. like let's fast forward to the travesty of broom kids, right? Like oh, we've got to free them. Oh, shut up, Rose. I'm not even up to you yet. And I'm annoyed of you, but yeah. like I, I like why not have this as a whole thing of like Finn liberating stormtroopers? Like yes. hey, like you are you are <laughs> oppressed, you are held. Uh, against your will like that would be cool
1: you're taken as children from your parents and your homes yeah and indoctrinate like that's a plot line that should have been happening even bring that in the last Jedi so they don't just have them on a casino planet you know playing oceans 11 like (laughs) give us something with substance anyways um, I'm kind of with you the whole you know uh, I don't have a weapon or I need a weapon you have one it's just cheesy and I think that I would be more okay with it if I knew that it wasn't there just to tease, like, to to trick the audience in the promotion, because that was the entire purpose of, let's give Finn a lightsaber, let's put him on the poster with a lightsaber, as they wanted to fool the audience so there'd be a surprise, and, you know, great, I think the audience was surprised when it turned out it was Ray and not Finn, but it's just sort of a cheap trick. And now when you re-watch the movie, it just feels like it doesn't belong, him with the lightsaber, if that makes any sense. like yeah. it, it now just feels like this was J.J. Abrams' trick and it doesn't serve any purpose in the story. Because he's not trained with a lightsaber and it's <laughs> guaranteed not an easy weapon to use. And Moz is like, let's put him out on the battlefield. A guy who couldn't pull the trigger before and give him a, a very delicate weapon that, that takes years of Jedi's mastering. There's a reason why other people don't use lightsabers you know outside of jedi because it's n- not an easy weapon to use um but what i do like is uh you know the, the battle stuff here i actually think that this is visually some of the most interesting stuff like and again i i i'll go back to that same complaint i don't understand x-wings on a planet like the rules were established in the original movie you know you have Ships that are meant for space, you know, flight and space travel, and you have ones that are meant for ground battle. It it, it, it would be like if, I don't know, the, the, the NASA space shuttle, you know, just got involved in a dogfight uh, somewhere over the Middle East. Like, it, it, you're not going to be bombing cities with the space shuttle. It, it's just, uh, and you could have introduced new ships, new, you know, toys, whatever. Um, but I think the battle looks great. Like, I love seeing the... the you mentioned the shot of the TIE fighters. Just as good as that one of the X-Wings all skimming across the water, and you just see that, yeah. like, mist shooting around them. It looks brilliant. And even though there's the cheesy, you know, Finn, you know, fan fangirling out over uh, Poe, um, it, it looks great when his ship's, like, going all over the place, and it looks realistic. It's not, like, too over the top. Um... Yeah, Chewie, I, I know we all mentioned this when Force Awakens came up. Like, how weird is it that Han and Chewie have been together for 40 years and suddenly is he's trying his weapon for the first time? Like, he's never been like, oh, what does that feel like to fire? What type of firepower It's Like, 40 years and he's only doing it for the first time? Like, I don't get it. Hmm. Uh, but I feel like the, uh, the battle here works well. I, I do think that Finn, you know, freaking out because Rey, who he's known for a couple of hours is taken he was willing to leave her a few minutes ago and now all of a sudden he's like but but that shot again visually some impressive stuff in this movie that shot of him running across the battlefield the shot just goes on forever and there's explosions and ships going around and you know rocks fought everywhere and blaster bolts and he's just running chasing after i think it looks great um when Kylo Ren sort of freezes her in the woods, again, really great. Like Everything with Kylo Ren freezing people is just fantastic. And that's the difference between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Introduce one new Force power, make it really cool and effective, and, and don't overdo it. Don't introduce a million new Force powers and all of them have no meaning at all. Uh, maybe The Last Jedi will end up being our shortest just because we've spent, what, nine movies now ranting about it? You never know. Yeah, we just want to get it um, over and
0: done with. Come on, it's like, yeah, cool. Snoke dies, um, there's like red sand, to the end.
1: Yeah, that's it. Uh and Luke drinks from a cow. Yes. Uh And porgs <laughs> porgs, yeah. And <laughs> limited screen time for La and Ondo But more uh, importantly,
0: uh... porgs. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love porgs. Uh, I'm with you there. And and I love C-3PO's red arm. I wish they continued this for the whole series. Because, like, the original idea for C-3PO, even when George Lucas made him, you know, in the original movie, is that he was dirty. He was rusted. And when you get to the prequels, it was such a cool idea that he was just, A, missing some parts, and then the second movie, pieced together out of spare parts. Like, I like that, that this is, you know, some type of refurbished droid. I mean, he's old. This is a droid that is sixty years old. It makes sense that like we can't even find parts for it. They, they haven't made this stuff in twenty years. Yeah. So let's put a red arm on it. But the just the joke, and I, and this is why I like that we didn't really get the story behind it. But I wish they'd continue it. Is when you know you have that great moment between Han and Leia, and C-3PO just steps in front of us. Captain Solo, it's C-3PO. You probably didn't recognize me because of the red arm. <laughs> I don't know, Anthony Daniels is all over the place out there now just, you know, criticizing the the Disney movies, which isn't also interesting. Like, uh, again, I'm not, you know, just becoming what we complained that people were when the prequel movies came out. It's like, oh, all this new stuff is crap. But it is interesting that, like, the actors involved in the prequel series, some of them gave some, you know, not even negative, but just some uh, semi-critical comments after the series was over like the people still under contract mark hamill was knocking the last jedi before it was released yeah anthony daniels was knocking this entire trilogy before the rise of skywalker's release like nobody seems happy with what they've been given in these movies um uh, but that that's a great c-through bill you probably didn't recognize me because of the red arm uh, and even just the Han and leia like the, you know where, where you you expect you're gonna have some big moment between them where she's like I hate you, Han. Huh? It's like hey, wait, Leo, don't leave. Uh, could you tell three people Is that you could tell? <laughs> but just the fact that it's so simple between them, where she's like, or he's like, you change your hair again? Yeah, same jacket. He goes, no, new jacket, and that's just something. <laughs> like that's brilliant. Like it's funny and it's actually brilliant. You know, this ice-breaking moment. And then the second scene they have, you know, where she's mentioning, like, their son. And you get that, like, this is why I like that we don't get everything between them. Because you figure that, you know, he left because he couldn't live with what happened to their son. And he blamed her and Luke. And you get that maybe she, you know, couldn't live with him because uh, of the the tragedy. And that, that, you know, maybe she blamed Han for it. But then they have this moment where he say like, you know, I know our son's got no. It's, it's it, and she's talking about like, uh, uh, what is the line she has about there? Um, uh, I want to win him back or something like that. Yeah,
0: something
1: uh, like that. It's, yeah, and it's kind of like this moment where you realize that they both assumed something about the other person, and then at this moment here, they're like, wait, you weren't mad at me No, I wasn't mad at you. <laughs> I was mad at the whole situation. Like, it's actually really nice, and and. I love that they don't really get this reconciliation like it feels like the perfect end to the love story and I think the reason I love the Han and Leia stuff so much in this movie despite it being so little is because it is the one thing that feels like it's changed since Return of the Jedi yeah we still just have the same civil war as always we still have an Emperor like character a Vader like character you know but Han and Leia, it's, it's drastically different. And it does get your mind racing with what happened in the last 30 years. It's kind of cool. Um, and, you know, the planet, I mean, could they have done something different with any of these planets? I mean, Maz's planet, it's kind of junglish. Maybe give it a more alien feel. This resistance planet, it just looks like Yavin with hills, like the even the interior of the basic just bothers me that it looks identical to the interior of the yavin base like the control room they have mm-hmm. it's like they just recycled the set um but let's you know also mention we get admiral akbar here too
0: yes which uh
1: and billy lord yeah yeah we get Carrie mini carrie fisher yep. um a, a small i mean this was meant to be a cameo and somehow it's evolved into a role that's in all three. This is like the original wedge; it was just meant to be the small role, and then you know, you know, suddenly they're giving her you know this supporting character in the second one, and then probably a bigger one in the third. We'll we find like out. Like
0: her scream queen, she's now an American Horror Story as well. She's great.
1: Oh, amazing! Like this is third generation, you know, and and she's completely different. Like I knew that I didn't know what Carrie Fisher's daughter looked like because I don't even think Scream Queens had come out at this point, but. uh... When I saw this movie, I had no idea. It wasn't until afterwards I had to Google. So who is Carrie Fisher's daughter because I knew she was supposed to be in the movie? Because they really don't look much alike. Hmm. Uh, And and I think that if they did look more alike, then you you would be watching this thinking, like, did Leia have another kid on the side? (laughs) Were her and Luke, you know, getting a little busy?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why does she have an extra finger? (laughs) But
1: does her character even have a name?
0: Billy Lord. (laughs)
1: that's <laughs> just what she is that's is just name let's be honest that's a cool star's name um but I mean there's just a lot of you know these little background characters and Admiral Akbar. Uh, I'm sure I told the story at some point on here uh Tim Rose who plays Admiral Akbar, nobody knew he was going to be in the movie in fact it wasn't even one of these rumored things oh there's rumors Admiral Akbar is going to be back in the movie um but uh, it was, what well, was it, the end of October, so we're talking about less than two months before the movie was released, and Tim Rose, who played Adam Akbar in Return of the Jedi, was at the Comic-Con here in Winnipeg. And that was the one that had, like, a bunch of Star Wars actors, like, minor ones. And I went up and talked to him, uh, just because I'm like, well, this is Adam Ackbar. And, you know, one of the most interesting things was that... Uh, um, I was sort of mentioning like Return of the Jedi, oh, do you think that they're going to bring you back in any of the other movies? And he goes, oh, I'm coming back. I'm like, oh, really? Like, yeah, I'm in the next one. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell people all well. <laughs> and this was like, there were gag orders on everybody for anything involved in this movie. Like Mark Hamill couldn't talk. They would do talk show appearances, the main actors. Like, I can't tell you anything. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in the next movie. <laughs> and and it was that's just, why like, they
0: killed him off in The Last Jedi because he yeah. spoke to you.
1: That's, that's my point. Like, when you get that, like, this guy's a liability, he's gonna start telling people what's happening in the movie. But still, we get Admiral Ackbar, and I think what's great about that is that Admiral Ackbar was never really a thing. Like, I, I, the, it's I think it was Robot Chicken maybe that did like the the Admiral Ackbar cereal, and that's when people really started to notice. Because I don't remember it's a trap ever really being a big thing before the Robot Chicken, um, and and you know it, it's sort of just become. Now, like one of the most famous lines in the movie, uh, like the whole series, but like it, it's cool that Admiral Ackbar, this minor character, got this life long after the series. And also, uh, I don't remember if we we're introduced to him in this, um, you know, boardroom scene here, if it's in the the um, the, the battle stuff later on. But Nia Nun, uh, the Lando's co-pilot in Return of the Jedi, the one that we mentioned. Yeah, Hamface, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, the one that used real, you know, uh, a real dialect. Uh, he's here, he, and it's the same character. It's not just the same species. Like, they, they even got the same actor back to play him again after, like, you know, who knows how many decades. Uh, so a lot of little, and and again, I feel like a lot of the criticism I have about the overemphasis on the original characters and stuff like that, and, you are know, just this entire movie being recycled, I don't feel like that was the intention in making the movie. I feel like if you watch this movie and you didn't see any of the promotion or anything like that, you're going to be like, Han Solo's used appropriately. Carrie Fisher's used appropriately. You know, Admiral Akbar, you know, these are just cameos in there. 3PMR 2, just cameos. This is a story for the new characters, but it's just in the promotion that it all just you know gets, oh, it's all about Han Solo and Luke and Leia, even though they're barely in the movie. But, you know, clearly there's restraint with these uh, these classic cameo characters now the janitor thing like i said it just bothered me like why does the empire have or the first order have janitors (laughs) and when they take these people from children and like we're gonna raise them up wouldn't they just determine from the beginning you're gonna be a pilot you're gonna be a stormtrooper do they really raise up in the ranks if they don't even have free will it's like you know what that FN two one eight seven. I like the way he sweeps the floors. I'm gonna put a gun in his head. If you can handle a gun, half as good as you can handle that dustbuster, <laughs> you're gonna make a great steward trooper, buddy. Like I, I don't understand the hierarchy there, but uh, you know the, the whole idea about him coming up with this plan, like it's just too quick. I don't know if this was kind of what you were getting at with them, just like oh yeah, well there's a there's a hole we could blow a hole in it. But I feel like this should have had time passage there should have been oh we're never going to destroy it and they're coming they're coming well let's just evacuate maybe have the way the last jedi starts have an evacuation going on and then suddenly at the last minute he's like wait a second wait a second you know i can get us in there yeah and then you have but it's just it's like uh what's the what's the movie i'm thinking about where, where <sighs> there's a certain movie i'm thinking about where they just oh yeah um batman forever it always just bothered me that scene in batman forever you remember that movie right
0: yes I, it, yes. it's been forever since i've seen it but i do
1: remember <laughs> appropriately but it's, it's just like i've seen in batman forever where bruce wayne and alfred are like going over all the riddles that the Riddler's giving them and they're like uh you know uh oh e enigma what's another name for enigma mystery and it's like uh <laughs> or, or uh, what's another word for mystery enigma mr enigma it's like 30 seconds at the bottom of it that's what this feels like it's like so they got this star killer basis, bigger than the 10 times, bigger than the Death Star, or whatever, and it uh, can blow a hole in the entire solar system, let alone a planet, and they're, uh, oh, wait, there's a hole in there. Oh, yeah, I see the hole. It's right there. <laughs> you see it right there, guys? Oh, yeah, that hole. How did we miss that before? Okay. Hey, I'm a janitor. I know how to get into that hole. All right. Take us there. All right. Well, we're going to have to go into hyperspeed and then just exit hyperspeed as soon as we're inside the atmosphere. Oh, that's no problem. I'm sure it'll work. Like, it only it just comes together way too quickly, and you, you can have the scene play out over one minute or whatever, but maybe just have, you know, a wipe, and then you cut to like a few days later, and they're like, all right, well, we've almost all got off the base, which would also explain why they have so few ships there, <laughs> even though there are multiple ships five minutes later when the next movie starts. Um,
0: what was it? Man of Steel, isn't it? Where they're like all bred to be like politicians or workers yeah. or something like that, right? So, yeah, yeah. you would think that would be a similar thing when they're like stealing the kids like you will be this you will be that so yeah that's a good point point. and yeah like it's it is very quick because it's, it's... henceforth you should be known as janitor <laughs> darth janitor um <laughs> the the thing that i also think is um interesting about that thing you say because like they literally blew up these planets and all that sort of stuff what like five minutes ago and all of a sudden they're like cool we're gonna go destroy them now it's like did they know the yeah. Star Killer Base existed beforehand? How do they know where it is for starters? Like We, yeah. always, we always somehow bring up 9-11 on these podcasts, but like, 9-11 <laughs> happened, right? George W. Bush did not send troops five minutes later to go blow up Iraq and Afghanistan, right? Well, yeah, Afghanistan, exactly. it wasn't Iraq. It was Afghanistan. It took him a month. They, they planned it. They, they worked out. Mm-hmm. This is Bin Laden. We're going to go find him. He's in Afghanistan. Cool. Let's go send some pl- planes over there and bombs and things. Took a mm-hmm. month. This has taken five seconds, like, like even Pearl Harbor when they nuked Japan, it didn't happen ten minutes later. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, I, yes, um, <laughs> we we move on though to the interrogation scene. You expect me to talk? No, Ray, I expect <laughs> you to die. <laughs> I don't know why. It's James Bond in this next bit, all right? That's why we're thinking about this. Um, but I kind of again. I this is the stuff that I I do genuinely like in this movie. I like the the Kylo Ren stuff, and I like the Kylo Ren race stuff here. And kind of this is the first time we obviously see Kylo Ren without the helmet because you know she's all like you know take your helmet off. I want to see that sexy chiseled face. <laughs> um, but then it's shirt off. I'd rather not do this now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like. He removes his helmet and he's basically just a kid. Like here he is. Like this is the first time we see him. And I can't remember if we saw much of him in the promo. Or did we see him in the trailer? Like none. none. So this is yeah, the first reveal of it. Um and I just love kind of this moment here where he's trying to extract this information and then she basically fights back all of a sudden it's like, You're scared, you know, you're scared you aren't gonna live up to Darth Vader. Um, I just, it's just a great scene and kind of just, you know, this is really showing that, that she's got this ability that she can kind of fight back. And what I also, again, I keep just rabbiting on about how much I love Kylo Ren because I love the fact that here he kind of just chucks another tantrum and goes storming off to Snoke. Like, oh, <laughs> she used a force against me. And I was trying to get the plans. It's not. Yeah And then he comes General Hux and is like Grand Leader, he fucked up, he didn't steal the droid and then he kind of like looks at him, no, I didn't I totally knew what I was doing. Shut up, no you shut up <laughs> like it's just I just love this weird dynamic. There's just these kids fucking everything. Like you never saw this with Vader. You never saw this with Palpatine. Like they were so like you know we are strong, evil. We are going to do everything this way because we're evil. But there's just so many cracks involved with I think like Kylo Ren. and That it's fantastic. Um, Snoke, yeah. I think we will talk more about Snoke next movie again because. Outside of who he is, like, the thing that, the more that I think about that situation here when you've got this giant hologram guy, Snoke, and he's this old guy with a scar and everything, and again, we'll talk about this next movie, but, like, are we led to believe that Snoke has existed for, like, however long? So where was he in the original trilogy? Like, just things like this annoy me and fans. It's just me. Anyway, I just randomly thought of that while I was thinking about it. But then we get this scene, so... I didn't actually realise, I don't think anyone realised who this was until, like, our second viewing, right? Because I think it only mm-hmm. came out after, a you know, a week or two. We have Ray tied to this uh, chair still, and basically is all like, you know, you will untie these and let me free. And then this stormtrooper sort of turns his head and walks up to her, calls her rebel scum, doesn't he? Is that- <laughs> Does he a rebel scum? Like... This is again I think it's just, it just scum, yeah. Just scum, but like again this is the N word of it's not grigger, yeah. it's the N word <laughs> of like, of the empire like rebel scum. Um <laughs> to which, you know, obviously he's like haha, you know, you can't use your mind trick against me. And then she tries it again and then he kind of like gets all rigid and stands up and he's like, I will remove your restraints and you will get set free. <laughs> Now, again, this is well known now, but some people might be listening to this and don't know this. Like, it was great when Mallory watched this because she had no clue who this was. This is Daniel Craig. This is legitimately Daniel Craig. And the story basically is that they were filming Spectre basically on the same lot of the studio, like, next door. And I believe he wandered next door and kind of like, oh, cool, filming Star Wars. I'd love to be in Star Wars. Really? Cool. All right. Well, we'll find something for you. So they basically just shoved a Stormtrooper suit on him. And here he is. Daniel Craig is in freaking Star Wars. And I think mm. when you know and you actually listen to his voice, you can tell, like, you can actually tell it's him, which I think is really good, particularly, I think, on that line when he fully says, like, I will remove the restraints and I will blah, 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 yeah. blah. So, like, I don't know. Like, this is a dumb scene to, to pause on because Kylo Ren comes in here and Perfect. starts getting angry. And I, I do love the two stormtroopers who come around the corner. Yeah. And- <laughs> Well, there he goes again. Quick, let's go the other direction. <laughs> um, but just just quickly, again, I feel the need to just... We do a whole James Bond podcast. This is epic that Daniel Craig yeah. is in this sequence. Uh,
1: yeah, and what what made this so much better is that there were rumors that he had a cameo in it. Uh, in fact, some people even said he was supposed to appear as a stormtrooper before the movie. Like, it was around the time the Spectre was being promoted, so we're talking a month, month and a half prior to... Uh, Force Awakens even coming out, and I, I don't know if it's that you know he was under orders keep this you know secret, uh, or if it's just typical Daniel Craig thing. But he basically made comments along the lines of "I would rather slip my wrist than play a stormtrooper." <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> Classic. classic crime but <laughs> legitimately i think his comments were you know why would i bother just playing you know a, a small meaningless role as a stormtrooper and people actually at that point bought that he wasn't in it and got offended with it and it's like, what an offensive thing to say what a stuck-up jerk but meanwhile the entire time it was just daniel craig playing a joke saying hey people think i'm gonna be in the star wars movie let me give them a daniel craig line to throw them off the scent which is why after this movie came out it wasn't until like a day after this movie came out or something where like, oh, yeah, Daniel Craig played the stormtrooper in that scene. So, yeah, it was second viewing. And then once you do know it's Daniel Craig, like, you you how can you not know it's Daniel Craig? That's kind of the reaction. Uh, but it's so cool that he has that little cameo in here. And even just the, the, this torture scene, this is one of those really original ideas that, you know, I'm very high on. But I feel like they needed to go further with because this is the moment where you realize Ray has force powers. And it did catch me off guard when I saw it because they did a good enough job of setting up you know, either nobody's going to have the Force or it's going to be Finn, if anybody. And her sort of fighting back here against that, it's not something we've ever seen anybody do. I mean, the mind control thing or the mind reading thing alone is something kind of new in Star Wars you know, we've had, uh, mind control, we've had people sort of meditating and being able to sense feelings and stuff like that, but nothing is, it. well, I guess we could, you, Vader red minds, I, I guess that's what the return of the Jedi, especially for a sister, he, so it is possible, but just this interrogation technique, it's its something so cool, and so new, and then Ray fighting against it, it's done so well here, where she's just suddenly, you know, fighting back against him, and he's caught off guard, um, but I wish that that had become a bigger thing because they have the one scene where following this, you know, where he's talking to Snoke and he's very animated. It's like, you know, she knows the force, but she's untrained. So how was she able to do this? Right. Uh this is- why not have a moment where Rey is like, what did I just do? Like, what's going on? Or have her talk to somebody later on and say, I, I was able to use this power and I don't even understand this. Because this was the same girl who's like you know, a movie from now saying it's it's something that the Jedi can use to move things with their mind. And even here, she's like, I thought Luke Skywalker is a myth. Like, she wouldn't know enough to know what she was doing. I want a moment where she's kind of freaked out by this. Because it, it's such an original idea to have somebody have force powers and not know where they came from. Which... I still, you know, I'm interested to find out, like, did she learn this at some point, and then her memory was just wiped? It, was she just sort of born with this, kind of like Anakin, and just didn't understand what it was? Um, but yeah, they just don't go far enough with it. But I don't want to be too critical, because I think like the scene is probably, you know, maybe my favorite scene in the entire movie, that interrogation scene. Uh, and even, the, let's talk about, like, him taking his helmet off, because I remember this is something that you and Noah debated very heavily after The Force Awakens, about you know do you think that they should have waited until the final scene with han solo to have him lose the helmet and while i think that is the most effective way to do it like talk about not humanizing a character until the very moment that you're supposed to have him you know confronted like this human way that would have been so good but i feel like we would have lost something in building ray because even though I say they should have done more, the only thing we really have in building Ray is this scene between Snoke, Hucks and Kylo Ren here. And if he had had his helmet on, I don't think you would have had that panic in his voice where he's like, "Something weird is going on. I don't know what's up with this girl." But like, you know, no, but she shouldn't know how to do this. You couldn't have him emoting like that with the helmet. So I don't think that the scene with Ray needed him to lose the helmet. But I think you needed to see him as a person before that scene where he is kind of frantic and whiny and all that like it wouldn't have really worked otherwise and while i can't imagine how good that scene would have been if he only lost the helmet for the first time standing opposite han solo i think that we really would have missed something with these first two scenes
0: that's a good point i didn't think about it that way actually i mean i i vaguely remember you guys having that debate back back, back hmm. in the day um but <laughs> Yeah, no, that's... It is a good point, because, I I mean, I like it. I like kind of seeing this, and it's kind of like... I think the thing that, to me, adds to it as well is kind of going back to our point about how I don't think you saw him in any promotional material. It is kind of one of those moments where you're not expecting him to just remove his helmet. Like, you don't see Darth Vader without his helmet until the third movie, so it's kind of that way. Just quickly Hmm. before we move on, um, apparently Daniel Craig's character does have a name. It is FN1824, and this was revealed in the Lego Star Wars Force Awakens game, which... People ah. did not say was canon, although apparently somebody later confirmed that it was considered canon. Uh he apparently the character was mainly referred to as JB 007, uh funnily enough. <laughs> and then there's a book apparently called William Shakespeare's The Fourth Doth Awaken, uh, which is a retelling of the there Fourth yeah. Awakens in Shakespearean style. And in this sequence in the book, uh, the first letter of each sentence in his initial dialogue spells out Daniel Craig. And in a later <laughs> line, he states, I'll tighten up thy bonds, make thee a specter. So, <laughs> this is the thing that I love about this because it's like they people go out of their way to know who this is and kind of just play along with it because it's... It's just cool. It's just so cool. To, like it's not like it's just like oh cool, an actor, has a, a James Bond actor is appearing in Star Wars. Like it's happened before, and a Star Wars actor being James Bond, it's happened before. But like this is just like legitimately, they've gotten actual James Bond at the time who just happens to be filming next door. Like I really wish I had done something like Inspector. All of a sudden, you've got like Mark Hamill in the boardroom scene sitting next to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Christoph Waltz or something like that. Like he's the one who gets his eyes like gouged out or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, that would have been cool if they had have like um, you know done the same. Because I mean, were these uh, did uh, No Time to Die film next door to Rise of Skywalker again? Are we going to have this again? Maybe.
1: Uh, well, I mean, Rise of Skywalker, I think finished filming because No Time to Die only just wrapped filming. Maybe before Daniel Craig broke his hip or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> back <laughs> to <they're> originally <laughs> It's like
0: that long to film when he's gotten that old. <laughs> I'd rather break my hip than play James Bond again. <laughs> oh, so good, so good. We should probably talk about the conclusion of this movie. Uh I think we've got about 40 minutes until we crack the 5 hour mark, so let's let's skim through this cuz I don't want the Force Awakens to be a two part episode. Uh, if if Empire Strikes Back was not two parts, then the Force Awakens does not deserve to be a two part episode. Uh, <laughs> so we're holding it against you, Abrams. Yeah, exactly. Um I think kind of. I've I've already touched on this scene. I kind of included this. You know, the whole you know Finn and everyone going off to to. Go to Starkiller Base. Um, the one thing that I didn't really mention was the hug between Leia and Han. I, I like that hug. That was used in the trailer, of course. Um, but, you know, you were talking about before, sort of, you know, they don't have much screen time and everything there. But, um, no, I, I, I like this moment. Um, it's it's a nice little kind of the final time these two will ever uh, see. Unless, you know, Harrison Ford has a surprise cameo in The Rise of Skywalker, you know, using those Force powers we never knew we had. Uh, as as a Force ghost. Um, Force ghost Han, yeah. (laughs) Force ghost Han. We get this whole, like, oh, I'm going to come out of light speed, and, you know, because of their radar, and they can't detect us. Again, it just feels so rushed and shoehorned in. Again, Last Jedi, it's all about the Imperial ship, and we've got an old code, and there's tension involved there. This one, it's just like, oh, cool, guess what? I'm coming out of light speed, and we're going to land really quickly. Okay. Um, So it's, like, it's just... Uh, the um the how it should have ended is hilarious because they basically just show this how it should work and they just basically crash straight into the planet and they die. Um,
1: yeah, so- that's the risk you were
0: taking, Han. <laughs> yep. Um, As they get out of the ship and they've kind of got this conversation about trying to find their way in, we get the famous Han Solo line of, that's not how the force works. Uh, maybe the best line <laughs> in this movie. And, uh, I- like... It's it's interesting because I think I remember when I saw this, I was thinking like, oh, you know, does he feel very Han Soloy? But like the more I've watched this, I'm like, yes, okay, he definitely does. And this is a very Han Solo line, like just the way he kind of says it and delivers it. So I do love that. Uh, they're charging the Starkiller base because you know they're on like twenty two percent. They've got to get their their it on charge uh, basically. So they've connected it to their wall unit because that's the only way they can use the power. Oh, God. The Death Star never had to recharge again. What's with the technology 30 years later? Like, why do they have to recharge? I just want
1: Han to... That's not how the Death Star (laughs) works (laughs)
0: Oh my god, Han Solo was there the very first time, like, you know, um, no, he saw the death, he was the person that was there, discovered it, is Obi Wan, like, that's no moon, it's a space station. And here he is now, like, old man Han on a planet that's just having to recharge its batteries
1: to, to kill another planet. <laughs> like, just, that's the not how Star Wars works. Ever- <laughs> Again, the only battery it can ever use. Because once the sun's gone, this thing does not have rockets to travel to another solar system. What if it's a
0: cloudy day? They can't destroy anything at night, can they? Like- <laughs> Let's have a sneak attack and destroy Tatooine at midnight, um, General Hux. <laughs> yes, random man. Uh, it's dark. We can't charge. Oh, blast you, nature. I will set my alarm for sunrise.
1: And if they get, like, 80%, 85%, 90 95 98%, oh, Eclipse, come <laughs> on!
0: And what if they, like, you get, like, you know, Jimmy, first day on the job, coordinates engine sir, absolutely, fire away, and he blows up the sun! Like, <laughs> <that>.
1: yeah. Whoops, <laughs> 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 Oh, I meant for that to be in reverse, sorry.
0: Um, and, But then you've got, like, the you know, to really put this into a new hope. So you've got this, like, scene of, like, Hux with the woman there, like, going, like, we are a charge, two minutes to have charge, three minutes to have charge. Does this just, you know, not bring you back to um Rebel Base closing in five minutes? Like, that's all it is. The difference is, is, like, yeah, we we pointed out a bit of a plot hole with that. Like, why didn't the Death Star just go into hyperspeed and come back on the other side of the the Rebel Base? That would have made sense. But, like, here it's just... The tension is all something charging. And, again, it's... I get it. It's a movie trope. It happens. You're never going to have realistic time. But isn't it only in, like, they say 20 minutes or some ridiculous time frame? And then by the time the... I was going to say the rebels, but the resistance arrives, um, you know, and show up. And then everyone's doing the whole situation about trying to find the shield. And then we're going to get the death of Han. Like, this is taking at least, like, an hour. Like, can't they say, like, oh... (laughs) 80 minutes till charging. Like, make it a bit more... Belie- like, 20 minutes? Come on. Mm-hmm. Jack Bauer wasn't even that bloody efficient. Uh, sorry <laughs> so... I mean, let's be honest. He was pretty good. He was pretty bloody efficient, was Jack Bauer. But, you know... And
1: um, I bet you if Jack Bauer had been in charge of that, he would have put some freaking rockets on the back of the planet <laughs> so it could move to another sun! He would have been like, God damn it, Chloe! I told you to put the
0: rockets on this! <laughs> Who builds a one-use weapon? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need a hacksaw. Uh, I'm gonna fix this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Chopping people's heads off. Oh, Jack Bauer and Star Wars. That's like orgasm mode.
1: Um. So yeah, hi- no, that's what. Yeah, get- Kylo Ren. I'm gonna read your mind. Jack Bauer just go up to Ray and I-, "I bet you don't think I could get this towel all the way down your throat, but I can <laughs> and I will."
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, God. He would just be, would be perfect in this universe. <laughs> like, just, you know, limbs getting chopped off perfect. He chops heads off. Like, you know, it, it works. <laughs> Kiefer for episode 10. Oh, my God. Kiefer, Kiefer for episode... Absolutely. Let's start that campaign up right now. Um, He doesn't age. This is the thing. Keeper Sutherland still looks as good as he does today as he did during 24. This guy doesn't age. He looks as good as he did during Lost Boys. Uh, this is a – he's a – fuck Poe Dameron's beautiful face. Kiefer Sutherland's beautiful <laughs> face. That man is an angel. He is an angel. <laughs> Can we just have Kiefer playing Poe's dad? Oh, God. Just just play anyone for me, Kiefer. Like, you know how you have that list and it's like five celebrities that you, you get away with sleeping with if you're in a relationship, right? Like <laughs> – like, you, you, you kind of, you know, have a male list, or I guess if you're, you know, you're a straight woman, you have a, a female list. If you're a gay man, you'd have a woman list, all that sort of stuff. Like, if I had my male list, keep Southerns on that list. Just saying. <laughs> like, he's a beautiful, and Canadian too. Like, what more can you want in a man? Absolutely. You know, it's it's just like me, beautiful and Canadian.
1: <laughs> That's why you keep me around. I'm yeah, on your list.
0: <laughs> but Colin, you're not in a band, so... oh. Sorry. Uh, I'm just I'll, start ba- I'll join Noah's Band. Yeah, well I'll replace Noah Fatty Esther. I'm waiting for the reunion, the Fatty Union Esther reunion. It's it's been a while. Uh, the fans demand it. <laughs> World tour coming in twenty twenty one. Um so yeah, they're sneaking around and oh who do they find? The iconic movie villain of Captain Phasma, who basically <laughs> her, her one scene and, like, this is this badass character, and she just turns into flaky old, okay, I'll do anything for you. Again, something every, uh, the, the how it should have ended does better is when they basically show her in this scene, like, when they're, like, you know, pointing a gun at her, oh, disable the shields. And then basically in the, that they go, oh, actually, did you say disable the shields? I thought you said alert everyone and tell them that you're here. And you hear the pew, pew, pew. Why doesn't she do that? <laughs> like. Yeah, Exactly. It just makes no sense that she just turns, and she—it's just so frustrating that she's just here, and oh, guess what? This is badass gold stormtrooper who's just going to turn into a a coward and just do what's said because. Former stormtrooper guy, he's pointing a gun at her head, <laughs> like
1: it's uh, and like she's the one who is so enforcing the rules yes. that a guy who wouldn't pull the trigger needs to be sent for you know mind manipulation or whatever, like reprogramming. But she's like, oh, oh don't shoot. Okay, I'll do whatever you want. I'll destroy the base for you. Oh, uh, like I mean, I even be dental! like.
0: <laughs> No, that's what Finn said to her. Disable the shields! And join the resistance. We've got dental. What? Okay. <laughs> um yeah, like I mean, movies littered with cowardly characters and fine, like you need them, but like even this is done in such a way where it just like there's no rhyme or reason behind this. As you said, she's kind of stickler for the rules and all this stuff, and she just Pointed out, like, it's, just, it's it's just a frustration. Like, the Phasma frustration is a thing in Star Wars. It really is. Um, but I do like the bit, though, kind of going on the the exuberant John Boyega when he's like, I'm in charge now. I'm in charge. I'm in charge. <laughs> and they're kind of like, is <laughs> like, okay, calm down, calm down. Um, and I also do like the bit where it's like, you know, what are we going to do with her? And then Unsoul is like, is there a trash compactor? There's always a trash compactor, <laughs> <laughs> and just that look on Finn's face, that little smile. Again, it's just a new hope ripoff, but it's just—it's kind of funny. I do sort of appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um, Ray sneaking around. Uh, I'm trying to get out. The resistance arrive. There are some cool visuals here. Again, back to like the battle we were talking about before um you know seeing them come out onto the planet i mean the the planet kind of looks cool with this big hole in the planet but again it's just it's dumb it makes no sense uh and then the fight uh kind of there's a bit of a zooms it's, it's it's cool editing like again we're not really getting any wipes or swipes or things like that but there is some cool editing styles which i do appreciate i love hux kind of watching over being all hux like he's great um they just happened to bump into ray into the corridor because movie uh, <laughs> uh, I probably will just I wanted to lump all this together but I think it's the last bit we're going to get over really quickly I think it's obviously important to talk about one scene here separately Um, they go into this big old room uh, what are they actually like I've seen this movie I know this movie but I'm literally right now trying to remember so they've disabled the shield are they just trying to escape now is this their whole point sneaking out or why are they still sneaking around here are they trying to find right um movie Mo- movie okay <laughs> like I didn't know if there was an explanation here because like they've disabled the to- shield just fucking
1: get out of there guys like well no no wait I I I guess they do say that um the uh, thermal oscillators or whatever it is <laughs> that they had to place these charges around oh, there so yeah yeah they- yeah, yeah. Without that, there's no way to blow up a whole planet. True, because
0: that's what they're doing in this darkened room with a massive pit and a walkway, which is by no means foreshadowing something that's about to happen. Now, (laughs) let's all be honest here. I think we all went into this movie assuming that one of the originals was probably going to die. I think we probably Mm -hmm. thought it was going to be Harrison Ford and Han Solo, because, again, doesn't want to be there. But... I think kind of you get to a certain point because I actually always forget how late this scene happens in the movie. I always have this memory that this happens like halfway through the movie, but this there's only like twenty-five minutes to go in the movie at this point. This is basically right, you know, mm-hmm. in the final section. So I think kind of at this point when you're watching this live, like for the very first time, you I like I kind of forgot, it kind of went out of my mind. So you have this, but as soon as you get Han, he sees uh, Kylo Ren Ben, and you get the Ben! like straight away, and you get this moment when they're walking at the platform. I like, I was like, oh no, like th- this is going to happen, like right now. Han's dead. Like you just, you just knew it. Um, he sort of approaches him and kind of, you know, they're having the father son talk. Um, but I do like again the father son talk. Son, <laughs> you see Ben
1: <laughs> when a man and woman love each other. <laughs>
0: I see you've met a young girl Uh, You've tied her up Now let me explain That's not how you get a girl, son When a man and a woman love each other You ask for permission first (laughs) Consent, son It's It's important It's not like how it was back when I met your mother This is a very important time now Like, you don't just tie a girl up You ask her first She might be into that Uh, (laughs) If she's not, walk away But yeah, like, again, to go into my love of Kylo Ren, just this moment when, you know, he's basically, you know, I'm so confused and just, it's just the complete opposite of what they do in the original trilogy, really, when it's all about Luke turning to the dark side and even, again, in the prequels, it's all about Anakin's eventual turn to the dark side. Here, it's... You know, it's just his struggle about turning to the light side. I think it's great. I think it's maybe the best, most unique thing about the sequel trilogy that really works. And I I really like this moment between these two. Um, it's, It's a really good moment. And even though it is kind of obvious, I feel that Han is about to die. I think that the way it kind of plays out, like, just sort of the the silence is very jarring. Like, it connects you into the scene, and then the way they kind of like have the hold of the lightsaber, and then all of a sudden, boom, like bleh, straight through, <laughs> straight through the gut. Um, the look they share with each other, and then kind of just his eventual fall. Because again, uh, Star Wars cliche number three hundred and twelve. Uh, if there's a massive hole somewhere next door, you know a character's going to fall down. Um, obviously Ray and everyone. No, and then Chewie. No! Um, why does not Chewie shoot Kylo Ren like straight away? Uh, Han falls down the pit. Rip Han. Um, oh. there's a bit of a battle going on here for them to escape, and that will lead into the final sequence. Uh, but I, even then, I kind of like the look on on Kylo slash Ben's face that he has when he falls down. It's it's like it's like a relief. Like it's kind of. It's a mixture of... Yeah. I, I don't know what Adam Driver does, but, like, you've got a whole lot... You can interpret that as relief that I've killed him, but then you can also have that interpreted as, like, holy crap, what did I do? I just killed my dad. Like, there's just... There's so many layers to that one look that he does. Like, we talked a lot about that with Hayden Christensen in the prequels. Like, it's brilliant. It's really, really good. Um, and then you get that cut to layers kind of, like, look, and she just, she just knows. Um Where's Luke here? Like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Again, <looking> something. <laughs> the how it should have ended. They have this scene. And basically, just before Kylo Ren's about to kill Han Solo, you see Luke um, turn up behind him and kill Kylo Ren. And then like Han Solo's like, what are you doing? That's my boy! Um, and then Luke's kind of like, you know, I always can sense when you guys are in danger. You know, harking back to The Empire Strikes Back. So... Um, yeah, I'll just quickly cap it there because again, I feel we need to. This is probably the biggest scene in the whole movie. Uh, maybe the biggest scene yeah. in all of the uh, sequel trilogy right now—the death of
1: Han Solo. Um, this movie doesn't have a lot of deleted material, like in comparison to the other movies. Like we talked about in you know the original trilogy, even the prequel trilogy, all these little subplots got deleted out. If you watch the deleted scenes for the Force Awakens, you know there's a couple very very minor scenes dealing with Leia and the. Republic, like, early in the movie. Um, there's the scene with Chewie ripping Simon Pegg's arm off. And then there's a little bit more on Star Killer base of the snow stuff. And some of that, it didn't make it into the trailers, but there were some images that were released, like, some promotional images of, like, Kylo Ren in the snow with the, the stormtroopers got a lot of people excited, because after the Millennium Falcon crashes here, it's not like they just walk up to Starkiller Base, like, they actually hop on some type of speeder, and there's a little bit of a chase scene, and Kylo Ren finds the Falcon, and he's like, they're here. Uh, it doesn't really work when you watch the deleted scenes, it's, it just feels like a tacked-on action scene, uh, but it is cool to think that, like, there, there's more adventures there, because logically it doesn't make a lot of sense that they just crash there nobody notices them and they walk through the snow to get there like are they that close at that point hucks would be looking out the window, and say, by god there's the millennium falcon <laughs> right on our doorstep <laughs> somebody go out and fetch that for me <laughs> it, it's clearly a little ways away but um the the, the stuff with finn and like Talk about actors with chemistry like we, we love the, the Hayden Christensen, Ewan McGregor chemistry, you know, the Carrie Fisher, uh, Harrison Ford chemistry, the Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford chemistry. I would say John Boyega and Harrison Ford above anybody else in this trilogy just have incredible chemistry. And it's sad that, you know, they, they only have got to do a handful of scenes together. Who cares for Star Wars? Put them in another movie. Together. Like, these guys are brilliant, it, it, even more than just that line. Like, That's not how the Force works. Just the way the whole thing plays out. Where he's like, "What did you do when you were here?" Because Finn got them here by saying, "I worked at Starkiller Base. I can get us in." It's like, "Okay, so how are you going to get?" It? I don't know. It's like, "Well, I thought you were here before. What did you do here?" Sanitation. He's like, "Sanitation!" <laughs> <laughs> just like how oh,
2: bad he is.
1: And then he's like, "Don't worry, we'll come with a plan." And the sincerity on John Boyega's face, where he goes, "We'll use the Force." He goes, "That's not how the Force works." <laughs> and then when he's like, "People are counting us. The galaxy is counting on <laughs> us." <laughs> it's like the most elaborate, like, like animated that Harrison Ford has ever been in these movies. I just love the scene. Um, and uh, taking away from that a little bit, just the idea that Finn's like, "I can get us in there." Like he literally has no plan at all. And if he had said, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out. I'm still trying to figure that out. If, he's, if he even said a line, I'm still trying to figure that out. It's like they got there and said, hey, I needed to come get Rey. Like, What a self-centered act. <laughs> this girl that you met a couple hours ago, Han makes a good point. The entire galaxy is counting on you. And you're like, no, you know what? I'll just... He could have pulled people. And said, Does anybody else have a plan? Yep. <laughs> His first suggestion is, I'll get us in there. <laughs> There's no thought process at all. It's just it, little things that you can do in this movie to make it a lot more plausible, um, a, a lot easier to swallow, and they just don't do it. And, and, and then the phasma and again, thing. again, can I just quickly say before you see the phasma thing,
0: yeah. again, this guy has defected, what, 24 hours ago? Are we not going to yes. see this in the next movie that all of a sudden, oh, no, he was playing you the whole time? Like, that would have been a great plot twist. Like, the whole time he's actually just being a spy, and he's like, you know, Stop
1: <laughs> like, have that as a cool little twist. Yeah, well, it should at least be brought up in the movie. Like in reality, you're look at what happened. Go back to Rogue One. You know, they don't immediately trust Jin. They throw her in a cell. They start questioning her, mm-hmm. and, and even the pilot Bodhi. They're like, you know what, we're going to blindfold you. Like, how, how can they just be this trusting? Some guy just miraculously... A stormtrooper. First time in history a stormtrooper has gone against his programming from birth. Decided to break you out after knowing you for five minutes and you're just going to trust him with the plan to save the galaxy. Like... Just have one scene where you have them log. Stretch the movie out a little bit. It, it, it's not like it hurts the other plots. It would help the other plot to say that Ray was in prison for several days as they basically Finn is like, come on, we don't have time for this. Starkiller, th- Then you can add the thing about 48 hours to charging. Like, you don't need to Know, have everything be in 20 minutes, it would have helped this movie to have time passage to say, we don't trust this guy. And then eventually be like, you know what? It's our only hope. 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 It's our only hope. <laughs> yeah, it's just, there, there's so much more you could have done with this. Um, But again, it's not. it's not bad. It's not unentertaining. It's still fun to watch. It's just, when you really have to compare this to the other movies, it hurts from not having that planning. And I'm not. I'm not going to say. I, I don't want to say giving credit to J.J. Abrams, but a uh, 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 benefit of the doubt. Like I don't know, they did scrap the original script very late, or start reworking the original script very late. It was like you know less than a year away from filming. So let's give some you know benefit of the doubt to them. Like okay, we didn't have the time to put this on. delay the movie a year. Like I, you you are now releasing movies bound by a release date. There's a reason why George Lucas waited 16 years to make The Phantom Menace. You know, he wanted to get it. Now, was it perfect? No. Did it have flaws? Yes. But he always made sure to give himself time to work things out. And when things weren't working, like there's, you can say a lot of things about George Lucas, but he paid so much attention to detail that he wanted things to at least make sense. Maybe sometimes the story and the performances suffered a little bit, but he could explain to you how the Death Star operates. He could explain to you those little force fields that separate Qui-Gon and Darth Maul and Obi-Wan and the Phantom Menace. And when people are like, well, what are those things even there for? He could give you an answer. There are no answers for a lot of these plot holes. And I just feel like if they had given us one extra year to prep for this movie, we probably could have gotten a really great movie. And they just, they rushed everything. Um, and then even we see that when we get to The Last Jedi, you know, two years in between movies, just not enough time. Um, yeah, the Phasma thing, like, I've been joking the whole time, but it's not even really a joke. It honestly feels like Phasma's entire character and plot was added in post-production, because there's a, one moment in this movie where it feels like there's a genuine reason for her being there. It, it, you could have played this entire thing out and, you know, had, had, it, had it be without Phasma, and then have somebody say, oh, we need to put another female character in there. All right, put a helmet on her shoot a couple of scenes against a green screen and then drop her into these scenes like that's honestly how it plays out there's no reason for her to be here and the only scene that they give her purpose goes against everything that the character has been built up to to say and stand for like it's it's the most wasted opportunity in this whole trilogy this isn't like maz where i'm just like you know maz is just an awful character Phasma's is a great character idea for a character that they never gave development to and another thing that Ryan Johnson had an opportunity to do something with in the second movie is somehow they did less with her <laughs> so let's I don't know. Bring her back from the dead. Give us a proper phasma because I think everybody wants you know something decent out of phasma. Yeah. Um. But I, I do love the trash compactor callback there. Uh, and yeah, John Booker, I'm in charge. I'm the boss. <laughs> He's so good. Even if the character does also doesn't make sense that a stormtrooper would ever act this way or where he would learn this type of behavior, or personality. It's still fun. Um. The ray escaping things. Like I think visually. There are some things they do in this movie which is just too obvious. The trench for blowing up Star Killer base too obvious. Um, but having the escape of Ray, it slightly resembles the Death Star from the original. But then you have little things like when she's climbing up that wall with all, I don't even know what all those you know hard drives are hidden. Or yeah. These are all the hard drives for Star Killer <laughs> base. Like it looks cool. It looks slightly different, but it looks reminiscent of the original movies. Um, And now, a uh, Han Solo scene. Okay, so I'll get to my thoughts on the scene in a second. But um, I know I've told the story many times, but if nobody else has heard it yet, it's it's a good one. Uh, at the time this movie came out, Jamie was how many months pregnant? Four or five months pregnant with Casper. Pregnant enough that she was starting to get those pregnancy symptoms, which include drowsiness. If you've never been around a pregnant woman, they are tired all the time i'm not allowed um they the will say
0: the, the, the police i have got to be you, within like 100
1: meters or something of a pregnant woman <laughs> no this is post-pregnancy you can't do any damage then, man yeah no no, both Um uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> the court ordered it <laughs> don't argue yeah. call it, it, was, it was just, <laughs> i'm not even you know, allowed to talk about it
0: yeah i just that's all i can Let's say from, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: uh but like they sleep all the time like it doesn't matter if you're working or not working. Like Jamie was working full time at this point still. She she naturally sleeps like 10 or 11 hours. We have three kids, and somehow she still manages to sleep 10 or 11 hours. You know, it's broken up. She's feeding babies in the middle of the night, but 10, 11 hours. She would sleep 10 and 11 hours, go to work, get home, eat, and fall asleep at six in the evening, sleep till about nine, in which I told her, Jamie, the movie that she went to bed watching every six months. We saw John Wick the first time, with Keanu Reeves in it. That's her That's her number one. That's her, her male list, number one. She fell asleep 15 minutes into the movie. That's just what happens. Now, of all times for her to fall asleep, she picked the Han Solo death scene. <laughs> we walked out of this movie, and I'm like, wow, that was great. And she's like, can you explain what happened to Han? <laughs> I think I missed something. I'm like, did you fall asleep? She's like, yeah. I'm like, and you fell asleep there? <laughs> moments." <laughs> So I did explain it to her. I'm like, but you know what? You have to see it to believe it. So let's go back again. Two days later, we're back in the theater. We're watching it again. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, Jamie, Jamie, this is the part you want to see. Okay, okay. And she's so drowsy. The scene plays out. I turn to see her reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Stayed away for the whole movie. Fell asleep at that part. I'm like, we are going back again. <laughs> A week, a week later, we go back for the third time. I'm like, you know what's happening. She's sleeping like 15 minutes up to the scene. I'm like, Jamie, I don't care how much you sleep in this movie. You got to wake up for the scene. Finally, because she got a nice 15-minute nap in before the scene, she stays awake. She watches it. Okay, that was great. That was worth it. I'm like, I don't know if it was worth three admissions, <laughs> but at least you've seen We're it bankrupt. Now. We can't afford um, a
0: child now. Thank you very much
1: bringing a child into a home where we can't afford to feed it or clothe it but you have seen the death of han solo we win (laughs) um now the scene itself i mean you can't say enough good things about it if if the one great thing jj abrams brought to the series it was this well there's two great things and the next one is still to come maybe the last scene of the movie but he handled han so well in this movie. Um, and Harrison Ford played it with such enthusiasm this time for the guy who just always complained, uh, I wish they killed off Han Solo, that even though we all were expecting, like, there isn't a person alive who wasn't expecting Han to die. And this scene is almost telegraphed. Like, you you see it coming. But yet, when the moment happens, like, you still, like, your jaw drops, no matter who you are. It's just done so well. Like you said, the lack of music, the lack of sound here, uh, and, and just another thing the fact that they reveal his name is ben like people forget this is the moment you hear the name ben for the first time right night and i remember it, it, it almost you feel like whoa spoiler there i didn't see that coming and it makes you in a way forget that there's something bigger that you're you already expected was going to happen you're now caught off guard by this revelation his name is ben which is great uh and then the way that adam driver plays it like you said like you feel like maybe he's tricking but there's so much sincerity and because you've watched two back-to-back trilogies one where it was all about a guy turning to the dark side and you knew they were going to wait till the end another about a guy maybe turning to the dark side another one turning you know you know back to the the good side in the end Darth Vader i don't think you expect it to happen in the first movie here so In a way, it actually plays better that you you are suspecting he's up to something in the scene, which is the way I was. Oh, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. There's no way that they're going to turn him in the first movie. But the fact that it happens off camera again, so effective. You just hear the lightsaber ignite. You see his reaction and just the heaviness of like he killed his own father. I think that's something that they've done well. Like there's no character that's been handled better than Kylo Ren in all of these movies and that's the perfect example why they didn't just drop it like they made this something where he wanted to do this, but it still carries this heaviness with him. And it, you, you see that even just the way that the story plays out. How, people keep complaining, you know, the scenes that are going to come up. Well, how does you know Finn and Ray challenge Kylo Ren? Because he gets shot here. And why does he get shot? Because he's done something so drastic that as cold and heartless as he is. It still has caught him off guard. Like he's he's not, you know, on his game anymore, and he he gets shot. And I love that he spends the rest of the movie limping. Um, the scene's just beautiful. Like <laughs> it's, it's an incredible scene, and it's so powerful. And just the fact that we don't get a final moment with Han Solo, like this is w- the way Han Solo goes out. It feels appropriate. Like Harrison Ford wanted him to be a character that. You know, sacrifice himself for the rebellion. That was the wrong way to go. Now that we've seen this, you realize the best way for Han Solo to go is to make peace with everybody except for his son, who kills him. Like it's it's such a tragic end, and it's just it, it feels like it's the ending you want for Han Solo without anybody ever suspecting that's the ending you wanted. If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree with that. I think that's a that's a very good point. And um, yeah, I've got to obviously mention the shooting part. I, I look, I will we'll get into this battle. I still. I I watched a very good video um on YouTube about somebody who, you know, is very critical of the Disney movies, the Disney Star Wars movies. Um I don't know, his thoughts on like Sleeping Beauty or something, but um I I <laughs> probably love them. I don't know. All your questions was about Willy, please. Exactly. Um but he does make some very good points about lightsaber battles, Disney kind of does very bad things with the way lightsabers are perceived in the the sequels, and I think kind of they take a bit of the mystery around it and a bit of this because, yeah, while the argument is Kylo Ren's injured, so that's why he can kind of, you know, have a bit of a battle with Finn. Kind of going back to our points before when Finn has that lightsaber and he's just stabbing stormtroopers and stuff like that, I think kind of... <laughs> Like, let's be honest, if we picked up a lightsaber tomorrow, we're going to injure ourselves. Like, I mean, I don't think it's kind of like a thing where it's just like, oh, wicked, I can do things like that. So, I don't know. Um, but one thing I do love about the whole Kylo Ren injury is, I, and I'm, I'm jumping here, but we're going we're gonna to lump this in together right now anyway with the battle and everything. But I do love, and again, it's just Adam Driver. Like, this, this guy's going to be, he's one of the favorites to win an Oscar next year um through uh what was it the husband movies is he in that one um do you, do you know what I'm talking about that movie i don't know if you've been following the oscar races early on i have no idea okay black Lansman been too- <laughs> well obviously nominated for that but like no he's um ah oh. He's in a movie which he's getting really high Oscar bars. Can I also just point out, Adam Sandler's getting Oscar bars, which shouldn't excite me, but it does. (laughs) It really fucking does. And Jennifer Lopez, too. Like, two people that you would never think would be in the conversation process. Anyway, not the point. Oscar month, coming to the US Network in 2020. This guy is a fantastic actor. And I love how, like, when he's struggling with that shot, he's, like, punching himself. Like, you know, to, like... Because this this Mm. this adds a bit of realism, because I think that's what you do, like... I, we've all had an injury where kind of like, I don't know, I've had a a dead arm and you kind of punch your arm like, come on arm, don't be dead. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) But so like the way he does that, like, I just love that. I'm I'm wondering if that's scripted. I hope it's not. I hope that's kind of like an Adam Driver thing. Like, hey, I'm going to do this. Like, it's just, it's incredible. I I, I honestly came into this episode thinking I'm going to talk up Kylo Ren and Adam Driver. I think I've done it so much more than I thought I would and just just my appreciate he, he is a great man, Adam Driver. He reminds me so much of my brother in law, so I'm not gonna say he's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> but um, But even like can I just say like Logan Lucky just made me love this guy even more. Um, I love Adam Driver, yeah. okay, and I love Kylo Wren. <laughs> so good. Anyway. Um so the 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 final stuff here, um, I mean, I think we've got like 17 minutes to wrap this episode up. Okay, so uh, oh. <laughs> basically the explosion goes off, they destroy the oscillator, that allows the resistance to blow up. There, yeah, that's all you need to know. Um, <laughs> but then you've got the, the lightsaber stuff in the forest. Uh, visually, this does look great. I will say, sort of the night time, well, it's not night time, of course, it's the the sun has been drained. I don't even know what w- works here. Um, but, like, visually in the forest, the way it's dark, and you kind of got the glow of the lightsabers on the faces. They look fantastic. Like, I really love the the style there. Like, when Finn does the lightsaber and you see that blue glow on his face, like, it looks so good. Um, Ray's hurt against a tree. Finn checks her out. Um... Not like that, like, checks to see that she's okay, I mean. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, Kylo Ren. Traitor! <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Nobody calls me yeller. Uh, <laughs> can somebody re-edit that instead of Traitor? He goes, lapita Noongo <laughs> There's a lightsaber battle. Um, Finn gets burnt with this is the only time I think in both movies you've seen so far where Kylo Ren's little penis sides actually have a purpose because they like burn Finn's shoulder. Somehow Finn actually gets a shot in on Kylo Ren. Now look injured or not like come on um, Darth Vader was severely burnt and lost limbs um, yet none of those rebellion fighters like got a shot in on, on the ship in rogue one Um Eventually he, I, so Kylo Ren like slices him up his back, which looks pretty serious. And yet in about mm. 20 minutes time, he's going to be waking up from a bubble tank and he's fine. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But we kind of get a really cool scene, you know, Kylo Ren reaching for the lightsaber. It's wobbling, it's wobbling, it's wobbling. And then all of a sudden, zoom, it goes straight into Ray's hands. That's a cool scene. Just adding to the whole, you know, she's got force powers and things like that. We get our lightsaber battle between Rey and Kylo, and again, this is just a confusion of Rey's character, because again, we're cool, she's got the Force, we don't know why, and all of a sudden, she can fly Millennium Falcon, she can speak droid, and now she can fight like this, you know? I mean, Luke was freaking born because of Darth Vader, who was born because of the Force, like... Surely he's got more of a natural ability in his bones than Ray, and we see him having to get trained and he's rages. oh cool, I can use yeah. the lights out. Like it just it's just it just makes no sense. Um eventually this battle kind of ends because the ground breaks in between. We we kinda get a cool scene when like <laughs> Ray's like closing her eyes and meditating halfway through this fight. Why doesn't Kylo Ren just quickly let go of the, the stranglehold and just chop her in half? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the ground conveniently breaks in half and splits them in half because movie um, Chewie rescues. <laughs> oh, actually, the one thing actually, one thing I need to point out because this made no sense to me in the Last Jedi was when Hux like quickly runs in and sees Snoke, and Snoke's like, "Oh, get on your ship and leave." Um, We see this planet blow up like a minute later. Bring me Kylo Ren. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah. We see this planet blow up like a minute later. How the fuck have they managed to escape so quickly? Like, it just... I know. There's so many people from the First Order that have escaped. Like, bullshit. Um, I don't believe this. Um, And uh, clearly it's not just Finn who's so attached to Rey, because now Rey's crying over Finn's supposed dead corpse. Um... (laughs) Because, again, they just fall in love so quickly. Or well, not even love, friendship love. Chewie has uh, got the Millennium Falcon. He rescues them both. Great. They fly away. Planet blows up. R2-D2 wakes up because he's a dick like that. Um, you could have helped about ten minutes earlier, R2. Um, <laughs> we see the map get put into the piece, which, again, as I've said so many times in this movie, looking at how this works, you didn't even need the other map. <laughs> like, it's just dumb um, they, the Millennium Falcon lands, and the one of the this is the Han shot first moment of the Force Awakens, isn't it? The why does Chewie not mm. hug Leia? Why is it Ray, uh, somebody that they haven't even met at this point? Like it, it really does make no sense. Mm-hmm. Like we <laughs> talked about in New Hope, I, I really don't give a fuck about the Greedo shot first, Han shot first debate. It really doesn't bother me, not at all. Whereas this bothers me because again, she's never met Ray. Who is this woman? Like why is she hugging her? So it it is dumb. Chewie should be hugging her. Um, and why does Ray go to find Luke? Why isn't it Leia? Why is Ray? Yeah. Like, why? 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 <laughs> just not,
1: Why? <laughs> it just makes no sense. Never met her. Why do they trust her to do this? <laughs> they they have spent the, what fifteen years. Trying to track him down, they have sacrificed how many lives just to find the map to Luke? Let's give it to the girl who wasn't here for any of the planning. They could have sent Miles. They could have sent Greg Gunberg, like yeah, Gunberg, yeah. like it, it <laughs> wouldn't have made it. They
0: could send BB-8. Like it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it makes no difference. Just send Chewie. Are they that like? Are they racist against Wookies? Why can't Chewie go by himself? You know? Well, yeah. Oh, angry. Um. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They found Luke. They go off. Now, this scene we're going to get to is epic. We're going to talk about this because it is epic. But I don't know where you stand on the argument that I think I'm one of these people. I think the movie should have ended when she flies off into light speed. Like, end it there. Like, okay, we don't get this great ending with Luke and we don't get Luke in the movie. But to me, it makes more sense that they end it. On the, you know, she goes to lights and you get the. Like, I don't know. Like, I love the ending because I think it's great. And I think we've talked about how much, like, that just got you, like, oh my God. And then it ends. But I don't know. How do you
1: stand on that? I'll just quickly ask you that. Uh, for, for this movie, it is the most brilliant ending that you could ever hope for. But in defense of Ryan Johnson now, ryan johnson's hands were really tied in the last jedi by the fact that this was the final scene because you knew you had to continue this scene 30 seconds later and the only way then to do the last jedi as a movie is to continue every story 30 seconds later so it hurts the next movie but it makes for such an incredible finish to this one
0: yeah uh, that's a uh, that's a good way of putting it um so, anyway, yeah, Ray flies to this planet. Uh, what's the planet called? Acto. Uh... Acto. Acto, yep. Uh, visually. Achu Achoo. Achoo. <laughs> Ditu. <Achoo-ditu. laughs> um, <laughs> it's beautiful. And this is off a, an, an island, I believe, off-island, if I'm not mistaken, um, mm-hmm. which I think is the tourism. But is- I want to go to this island. It looks fantastic. Um, she starts climbing the stairs, and we see this. Hood- I, I, I'm, I'm going to make fun of it in a second, but I don't want to take away from the awesomeness of this. Um, where are the Porgs, by the way? There are Porgs on this island. Where are the Porgs? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, you know you know, um, they're going to re-edit this in 15 years for the special editions and they're going to add Porgs in, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> walks up the cliff. There's a hooded figure just standing over, just being all solemn and everything. Who is it? Who is it? Oh, my God. Is it? Is it Lando? Is it? Is it Jar Jar? Uh, is it Count Dooku? Uh, it turns... It's frickin' Luke Skywalker! <laughs> like, just... Oh. Again, as much as I said I'd like at the end of it, it's just, wow. For some reason he's got a robot hand, I still question why the skin has fallen off his hand. He had a pretty realistic-looking hand, like, 33 years ago. Um, now it's gone off. Uh, he The way he dramatically takes his hood off and looks, and then she reaches out with a lightsaber, he kind of has that bit of tilt of his head and looks... Then they have that long shot of them, the helicopter shot over the island. Ray's kind of got almost an emotional, crying face look, and then and you're like, ah, you what? Um, just quickly, why is Luke just standing over a cliff, staring into the distance? Like, has he just like taken his rubbish out and he's gone? Oh, what am I doing with my life? And it just happens to turn around and and see. Um, but like, I also the how it should have ended's hilarious because they have this scene, they play it all out, and then they get there and they're Luke and they're like, "Wow, you're hot!" And then Ray's kind of like, yeah. "Gross, I could be your daughter." Yeah. And then, and no, no, she says, "I could be related." And then Luke's like, "Hasn't stopped me before." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Such an epic ending. Um, Mark Hamill's easiest money he's ever made in his life. (laughs) So, yeah. The Force Awakens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so... I... I don't think anything in the last battle sequence is that great. Um, You know, the shootout we get with Chewie escaping and everything, it's... It's not that it's 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 a shootout. That's all it is. The battle scene it's so forgettable. I think partly because it is the most obvious throwback to the original movies. You know, with the whole trench, like just don't do a trench, and maybe have a little bit more of a dogfight. Make it a bigger sequence. Have some stuff in space first before they can get down there. Like. Just like with Return of the Jedi, imagine if they're waiting for the shields to get down. Like, they're not down yet. They're not down yet. And you have a battle up there. It's just, it's almost like blink and you miss it. And this is the only real, if you, it's not even in space, but if you want to call it space battle, it's the only real space battle in the entire movie. Um, and the trench thing is just, uh, I remember even at the time seeing that saying, oh, come on. <laughs> like, give us something different. Because I don't feel like this immediately rings as, like, Oh, it's such a New Hope ripoff until you see that moment that just kind of pushes it over the edge and the lightsaber battle. Like, yeah, it's you have to explain it away and say, well, it's two inexperienced people, uh, so you're not going to get a massive fight. It does help, you know, the Obi-Wan Vader fight a little (laughs) because I feel like, you know, choreography, this is maybe on par with that. Uh, a lot of people have issues with the fact that, you know, Kylo Ren's having trouble fighting them off, which I actually have a good defense. I mean, A, the defense is he's hurt, he's injured. Uh, you see him bleeding. Again, I love that whole pounding the leg thing. Like, everybody's done that. Um, but I think the best argument for why Kylo Ren is, you know, not just chopping them bits that very second is because of what we saw with him smashing the console earlier on. This is still, like, a frustrated... You know, teenage kid with anger issues who's never had the opportunity to grow out of that phase. He wants to take the punch out. Like even the way he approaches Finn with the whole traitor, and even with Ray, it's like you know, hey, I'm going to give you guys a beating now because that's what I need to do. I need to take my frustration out. We even see that in Last Jedi when he smashes the helmet. That is a Kylo Ren thing, and I, whether that's the intention or not, I like the idea that he's just stringing them along. He's like, I'll let you get a couple of hits in. It's like, but then I'm gonna take my time. This is like, you know, Kaufman in Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, yeah. or or Kaufman with Stamper, Kaufman's Stampa. Apprentice. It's like, I'm gonna make your death last a very long time here. And, and that's the way I like to interpret it, so I, I personally prefer it that way because I think it explains it and I think it makes sense with his character. Point. Uh, but like the lightsaber combat's not that great. The location, yeah, I think the glow on the faces is cool. Otherwise, I don't think the location they did as much as they could have with this. We have earthquakes going on the whole time. Wouldn't it be great if they just had more of these chasms developing and, you know, rocks raising and just, just more going on there. Because uh, I feel like they, they spent so much time getting here that the battle stuff really could have been like 20 minutes of the movie. And if you were to add it all up, I mean, I'm, I'd be surprised if they spend more than 10 minutes on the final battle. It's just, it's it's too blink and you miss it. Um, You know, Finn with the lightsaber, I, I feel like they handled in just the right way. Like he barely knows how to use this thing. Uh, but that moment where you see it shaking in the ground and you, you only see Kylo Ren calling for it, and then it flies to Rey. Like, another one of those few moments that, like, something original, it really did catch me off guard. And the way the music plays there for the first line. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did comment on how, uh, I guess, lackluster the score is outside of Ray's theme. I actually really love the resistance theme, too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's really fun. Yeah. But, like, i expected so much more out of the lightsaber battle and it's just I, I i couldn't tell you one note out of this fight music here either have a big music cue or have nothing at all like we're, we're we've got duel of the fates we've got battle of the heroes i don't know why this music's even here maybe it should have played with no music it's just it, it doesn't feel right um there's just a lot of things that are kind of a letdown about this final battle The Hawks appearing before um, Snoke, and then, uh, yeah, the uh, (laughs) Kylo Ren, uh, he's in danger, this is what we've seen before, bring Kylo Ren to me. Like, how quickly they get off of here, we we don't see a lot of other ships escaping, how does Phasma get off? Yeah, yeah, that's, actually, that's true, yeah. Like, she's in a garbage (laughs) compactor. Is he like running to his ship? Excuse me, General Hooks. is that you? Yes, yes, but I'm in a bit of a rush. It's very dirty down here, <laughs> and there's a bad odor. I would kindly <laughs> ask you if you could help me out. Oh, I'm supposed to get Kylo Ren, but okay. Uh, <laughs> is there a rope around here anywhere? I'm very tall. Just
0: reach down and I will grab your it's like awesome. Okay, okay. It's like awesome Powers. Excuse me there. I seem to have fallen <laughs> and I've broken my leg and it's smelling
1: slightly like almonds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just it doesn't make any sense. Because when you get to The Last Jedi and she's still there... Like, give us an explanation, otherwise that's all we can assume, because the only people who escape this that we see are Hux and Kylo Ren. Uh, I'm sorry, it's just, it's not a great ending. Uh, The the whole Chewie hug thing, I don't think that I even noticed it really. I didn't notice the lack of hugging Chewie, I should say. I did notice immediately her hugging Rey, I'm like, she's never met this girl! (laughs) For all she knows, this is some stormtrooper. Who decided to escape with them like does she know who this is <laughs> did they describe her perfectly um and she's hugging her like that bothered me the, the lack of hugging chewy uh, okay uh i mean chewy was there earlier we we can imagine that she you know, has at least caught up with Chewie. Does she know for sure that Han is dead at this point? We could explain that off a little bit. But when you really do sit down and think about it, yeah, it, it does kind of bug me that she goes for Rey and not Chewie. Go for any, go for Akbar. Like, go for somebody yeah. you've met at least. The um, R2-D2, I know this gets a lot of complaints, the R2-D2 thing. This is one of the things that DJ Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan did put a lot of thought into. What is R2-D2 doing in low power mode? Uh, but it's never explained in the movie. Uh, it is explained, I think, in the novelization. It's actually a very good explanation, something that I would have liked to have explored more. Uh, so the official explanation is that R2-D2 has, for the last 15 years or whatever, been in low power mode because he's computing. When R2-D2 was on the Death Star in the original movie, he was plugged into the Imperial entire Imperial network or whatever. They even say that. And in the process of doing that, he also downloaded everything that the Death Star had, which was all of these archives, all of these maps, all the things that the Empire kept suppressed from everybody in the galaxy after they took over, which included the location of all these planets that are thought to be lost. Luke apparently knew how to get there. R2D2 was simply saying, you know what? I can find the second half of this map or whatever if I just shut myself down and run this scan and that it essentially takes 15 years to do or whatever it's kind of a cool explanation and i think if they had dropped one line in the movie a lot more people would be willing to accept this and not just be like hey i've been you know asleep for however long uh (laughs) recharging just just one line helps and it's a line they actually thought of that's what's even more frustrating about this um when he just sort of goes and projects the map it's like oh everything worked out even though nothing that happened in this movie was relevant to that they got half of a map back. You don't need the first half of the map. The first half of the map is irrelevant. Exactly. So this entire story of we need to get the map that I've been complaining, they barely show in this movie and it should have been a major part of the movie. I had people constantly talk about, we need the map to Skywalker. Oh, they can't get their hands on the map to Skywalker. That's not done. And on top of that, they have the second half of the map that R2's computing. So in the end, they're like, wait, we did all that for nothing? Han died for nothing? <laughs> like, it's it's just frustrating. But like, yeah, like I said, the the Luke thing, I really am on board with it being the perfect end to this movie. And it never really occurred to me how damaging that would be to the next movie. I don't think J.J. Abrams even thought about that at the time. That you literally don't have a story to tell because you just wrapped up everything except for the Luke story. Uh, which is why I think the Luke stuff plays better in Last Jedi than everything else. Uh, but, I mean, visually, it, it is incredible. It's pulled off brilliantly without any dialogue. I remember after this movie, and my my brother's always sort of taken shots. Maybe just because he knows that I love Luke so much and that I love Mark Hamill so much. He's always taken shots at, like, Mark Hamill being, you know, a bad actor and everything. And when this movie ended, he said that was the best acting Mark Hamill's ever done and he didn't open his mouth. And I was sort of like, oh, come on. And he's like, no, 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 that's not an insult. That was brilliant, what he did with his face. Like, just no no words at all. Just all visual. And it was, like, a huge compliment, even though it kind of sounded like a knock. But it really is. Like, it's just a guy who'd been out of acting for so long. I mean, there's stories about Carrie Fisher herself is told that, like, she was not comfortable making this movie. And it took – they had to do a lot of different takes for her scenes because she was out of acting for years prior to this. She forgot how to act. Mark Hamill, maybe because he's spent his entire latter half of his career building such a huge career as a voice actor, where he's become, like, the go-to voice actor in the business for major roles, like the Joker and everything else, that he's never forgotten, you know, uh, obviously how to use his voice, but it, it, it makes it all the more impressive that in one scene he has in this movie, he got that much acting out of the one part of his body he's not had to use in acting for 20 years. Um... It's just – it's a fantastic – and, and the, those steps too. Those steps were there, and this is a real island. That was the only way to get to that location. And I think they even talked about this in The Last Jedi, that you had to hike the entire crew up there, and then it was like – I don't even remember how long it was. But people were throwing up by the time they reached the top of these stairs to film because that was the only way to get to it. It's such a unique location in a trilogy that has very few l- unique locations. I'm glad they found that there. Um, is, is it – the perfect climax for the movie no but is that like the perfect ending that you would want from this i waited this entire movie i kept turning to people saying when is luke coming when is luke coming and yet somehow i'm not left feeling unsatisfied with only having like two shots of luke in the movie in some ways it actually feels just like the Han death it's not what you expected but it turns out like oh that was the perfect way to do it yes
0: I agree. And I just back to what you're saying about Kylo. Like, yeah, that's a very good point. I think a very good point. Um, we're officially going to be crossing over into two parts. I apologize to uh, true fans. True fans, you're still a true yeah, fan go. if you like the Force Awakens. I mean, like, we didn't do a two part on Empire Strikes Back, and yet we're doing one of the Force Awakens. If we do one of the Last Jedi next week, I I quit at life. Um, <laughs> God, we're we're doing like four parts clearly next week. Um, <laughs> we haven't finished recording and By the time you are in the first part right now Of Last Jedi We're that angry about it This uh, movie was very well received uh, When it was released um, Overwhelmingly positive reviews According to Wikipedia It has a 93% approval rating On Rotten Tomatoes Which is that the highest? Is that higher than Empire?
1: You... If... I don't know. Let me look, please look for um, me. I mean, <laughs> I do have something to say on that too. Say it, uh, Colin. I would like I mean, to hear you. Well, like, we don't have the reviews from these are all still original reviews. No, I guess Empire is ninety five. Okay. So, um, but with the other movies, we have reviews that have grown over time. So even though, like, I-, I thought it was kind of fun going through the original reviews from A New Hope and Jedi and Empire and seeing that, like, not everybody was on board with these movies when they first came out. But 10, 20 years pass, and you have all new generations of people submitting new reviews, obviously it boosts it up a little bit. When this movie came out, I think people were just so excited for Star Wars again that, like, it was – it's like we've been saying. It's a perfectly enjoyable movie. It's just – it doesn't hold up as well once you – even after you see Last Jedi. I mean, The Last Jedi does improve this, but – as far as storytelling goes, you realize how much is lacking from this movie. I have a feeling in five years, this is going to be a lot lower than 93%. But I remember at the time, people were like, I was shocked this didn't get nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. And like, every once in a while, you get somebody saying like, really? Star Wars should get nominated for Best Picture? Because I think it did get a Golden Globe nomination. I do know, you'll, you'll read that in a second. But it, it's, it, there was there was almost a little bit too much excitement over this movie coming out. That the original reviews were maybe stronger than I think they would be even now, four years later.
0: Uh, it was
1: ineligible
0: for the Golden Globes Awards because it was uh, mm-hmm. released after the mo- after the nominations were announced. Uh, it was added to the Best Pitch Nominees for the Critics' Choice Awards. So uh, it did. It received five Oscar nominations, uh, but not for Best Picture. Um, just actually, interestingly, I, th- I think I feel we've talked about this in some of the other episodes. But looking at the uh, overall percentages for Rotten Tomatoes, this has the same percentage as the original Star Wars, ninety-three um, uh, percent. Empire, as you said, has ninety-five. Just got to point out though, the third, uh, well, fourth highest percentage. Last Jedi, ninety-one percent. Oh. 91 that's gonna change.
1: 91 percent for the last freaking jedi that's the big talking point now let's tease it already. that's the big talking point next week was how confused the media was that audiences weren't agreeing with them that they actually came up with conspiracy theories because how did people not love this movie <sighs> oh, we'll tell
0: you next week how did people not like this movie <laughs> um Robbie Cullen of the Daily Telegraph uh, gave The Force Awakens five stars, saying, Sets out to shake Star Wars from its slumber and reconnect series with its much-pined-for past. That achieves this, this both immediately and joyously is perhaps the single greatest relief of, Ed, of the movie-going year. Uh, Peter Bradshaw, Guardian, five out of five, saying that it was both a narrative progression from the early three films. Was it? and shrewdly affectionate next-gen <laughs> reboot. Ridiculous and melodramatic and sentimental, of course, but exciting and brimming with energy of its own kind of generosity. Um, yeah, these are all that. Um, it, it did say, there's one, despite the overwhelmingly positive reception, certain critics found The Force Awakens a derivative of the original trilogy, some expressing their opinion that the film was essentially a remake of A New Hope. Andrew O'Hare <laughs> <You think? laughs> wrote for Salon that it was the work of a talented mimic or ventriloquist who could just about cover for the fact that he has nothing much to say. Stephanie Zacharek of Time wrote that Abrams delivered everything we expect, as opposed to the nebulous nebulous wonder we didn't know we wanted while well, Scott Mendelson for Forbes said top-tier production values and a strong sense of scale and scope but it felt so much an exercise in fan service that is only due to the charisma on talent of newbies that JJ Abrams undeniable skill as a visual storyteller that Mad Lib's narrative doesn't outright destroy the picture probably have to agree with that one um <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Before I get to the box office, yeah, as I said, five Oscar nominations, Best Original Score, Sound Editing, Sound Mixing, Film Editing, Visual Effects. I believe it didn't win any of them, though, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, and, like,
1: come on, Best Original Score when the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith were not even nominated? Yeah, that's that's strange. Um, I mean, it lost to the Hateful
0: Eight in the Best Original Score, Sound Mixing it lost to Mad Max, Fury Road, Sound Editing it lost to Mad Max, Fury Road... Uh, editing it lost to Mad Max, Fury Road, and visual effects, the one that maybe you would think it would be in with a, a actual chance, it lost to Ex Machina. Um, also up against that was Mad Max,
1: uh, The Martian, and The Revenant, which,
0: what's so funny? What did I do?
1: I, I No, I, I can't wait for the 2020 Oscars. When uh, Rise of Skywalker loses the best visual effects somehow to Mad Max: Fury Road, <laughs> <laughs> just every year. Mad Max: Fury Road. Yeah. Um.
0: So yeah. Box office. Now uh, we all. This is only four years old. We we all remember it, it, it at the time. It broke the record for biggest opening weekend. Uh, two hundred forty-seven million dollars. Um. It has obviously been surpassed by both Invenger, Avengers: Infinity War and then smashed by Endgame. Smashed. I just felt like sounding like Sean Connery, um, which is the first and only movie to ever open with $300 million on an opening weekend. Just just put that into context, people. Like $357 million on an opening weekend when some movies don't even make $100 million. Uh, Hello, Terminator Dark Fate. Um, <laughs> don't even make $30 million. <laughs> <laughs> And deserved. Um Still to this day, uh, it is the highest grossing North American movie of all time. uh, 936,662,225. It is a very unique thing, I feel now, Colin, that because often when people say the most successful movie of all time, they would often refer to North America, but now cause, obviously because international box office is so much more yeah. relevant, it's kind of, so like Endgame basically went out of its way to re-release itself with some extra scenes to break that. So we now are in this unique part and, and it still was the case actually, I shouldn't say now, because when uh, Force Awakens was the number one domestically, it still wasn't number one internationally. So um, it's it's weird that we've kind of got two different ones for both. Um, so yes, Force Awakens, Endgame fell $80 million short of the Force Awakens in the domestic box office and the, uh, global box office, uh, international of all time is Endgame and I think the Force Awakens is only third, it didn't even beat Avatar, did it? Um, for some reason I don't have that open here, I'll I'll get that in a second, but I, I do find it interesting, which I guess you can explain it, um, that... This actually, even though it is the uh, the all-time domestic number one in the US and Canada, it didn't end the year at number one but that obviously comes down to the fact that it was open for about two weeks before the end of the year. But it still yeah. only fell short of being the number one movie by $1 million. <laughs> Not even mm-hmm. that. Like, actually, like, $300,000 if you do the math there. So Jurassic World ended up being the number one movie that year. But, uh, I mean, look, that that's crazy to think, isn't it? Because, I mean, you, you got to say, like, this was the number one movie of the year. But just by technicality, yeah. it misses out by $300,000. But win for Jurassic World! Yay! <laughs> um, so, the international uh, all-time... So, yeah, uh, uh, this is fourth. It didn't actually even beat Titanic. So, it's one of the only five movies in movie history to have grossed a worldwide gross of over $2 billion. Um, it made $2,068,223,624 two globally, um, whereas Titanic beat it, uh, Avatar beat it, and obviously Endgame now holds that record. So, yeah, interesting. Do you see where it is like on the Star Wars charts, adjusted. Uh, Box Office Mojo have changed their website. It's confusing now. I, I don't know if you have that in front of you. Uh, I'm trying to find that. Um, cause... I
1: wouldn't have been asking if I did.
0: Well, <laughs> uh, it's just they've changed their website now, so it's not as easily to navigate to me. Um, I mean, it looks flashy. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> Box Office. I mean, Mojo. I can see what do. They've had the same look for about 20 years (laughs) but like i'm just gonna be one of those old people i can't work out where i'm going now but yeah i don't i i really couldn't tell you where it is on this new website about the adjusted so um
1: Um, okay so i've got it here uh this is nuts wow um so it's number two adjusted uh uh, the adjusted gross for force awakens would have been 2.1 billion whereas a new hope adjusted is 3.2 billion dollars so crap nothing's coming close to that uh empire is third phantom menace fourth last jedi fifth return of the jedi rogue one revenge of the sith and attack of the clones
0: yeah yeah i've got the you guessing slow last you guessing this what solo is last yes um <laughs> no the clone wars <laughs> ewoks, the ewoks yeah. caravan of courage <laughs> Uh, I guess we unless you got anything else to add, we can get to our ratings. This is oh. no, 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 I look this is tricky. Um Because I said basically I'm probably gonna buy every single Star Wars movie with the exception of one. And like the, last year mm. I was the only one we've actually rated on this show because that was obviously out when we started. Uh when we did the Force Awakens I was on Survivor Oz, we we didn't have this scale. Um
1: I'm gonna let you go first. <laughs> I think there are enough issues with this movie that if I wasn't such a massive Star Wars fan if I wasn't the right audience they were playing to this would have been a rent Um, I could see for a huge huge Star Wars fan there's really nothing to dislike in this movie you can dislike it compared to the other movies you could say I wish they had done this instead but I think that's why this movie has as high of an approval rating as it does because you can't dislike it it is so fun but For somebody who's not a huge Star Wars fan, I don't know if somebody would absolutely love this movie. Even if you didn't see a New Hope and you didn't realize how ripped off it is, Uh, I mean, I'm still gonna buy this. But as far as like my my full rankings of it, I'm pretty sure this is gonna be below Phantom. Is like this of the episodes. I'm gonna rank this the lowest of all the Star Wars because I think there's just there's too much that they didn't do in this movie like they they just they didn't present anything original and even what they did it wasn't presented powerfully enough to be a good knockoff
0: yeah i would agree with everything you just said um yeah look i think there is enough to still buy this um i don't think it warrants a rent um ugh. See, it's one of these ones where it's like, oh, it's either a high rent or a low buy to me. But, like, I, I agree with you. I think kind of there's enough entertainment in this movie that I can still watch it. I think I appreciate this more now since The Last Jedi. It has so many issues. I don't think it's as great as everybody says it is. Um, you know, I said that during Rogue One, but I guess I still bought Rogue One. So, yeah, I I am going to buy this as well, but it's just, it's just very much on the cusp of the middle ground, really. Um, and, yeah, rankings. Like, I Actually, I'm going to take it under my uh, my project in the next week to actually go back and listen to what we've ranked all the other ones because I can't remember. Uh. I'm looking at my rankings from 2017, and um, I had this at 7th overall. I realized that like my top few have changed and Solo's come out since. Um, I had this at the time above Rogue One. Uh, I've got this below Solo. I would definitely put this below Solo. I enjoyed Solo a lot more. Um... Yeah, i probably just put it ahead of Rogue One just. Just for the fact you know, that I think that Rogue One... You know, again, as I said, not as good as everyone says it is. But I also think Rogue One kind of survives on a brilliant last half hour. Whereas Star Wars, Force Awakens yeah. kind of... It's spread False throughout part. the film. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say... I, w- I want to reserve our final rankings until after we've seen Rise of Skywalker. Because I feel like if the Rise of Skywalker is done right, it will... Give a lot more purpose to some of the less than impressive things in this movie and maybe even Last Jedi. I think, particularly this one, I think that Last Jedi, it's going to be hard to redeem it. And even if they can redeem it and have it t- tied together and be like, oh, well, that actually kind of makes sense now, you know, it's sort of done retroactively. Whereas I feel like the lack of originality in this movie, some of the things that are left unsaid may be satisfying enough where you'll look back on this the same way that you know rogue one improves a new hope mm. and i feel like revenge of the sith really you know it, it helps phantom menace and attack of the clones just sort of tie it all together so i think once we're done with rise of skywalker there's a chance this one might you know improve a little bit that's a good point uh, i mean yeah as i said it
0: definitely improved after seeing the last jedi so um we'll see how we go that leads us into next week uh it's oh. 9 weeks with We've brought it up every episode, it's the coarse and rough and irritating and gets everywhere episode that just, it just comes up all the time, we, we've we done two part episodes of what like four of these movies now, so technically there's, uh, whatever the maths are, like 13 episodes we've done or whatever it is, and we're finally here, uh, the one Star Wars movie, well, solo, uh, the the other Star Wars movie that we have actually done reviews on um, previously in our past I don't know if I'm going to go back and li- maybe I will go back and listen to those during the week to to hear. I don't know. The Last Jedi, Colin, we've got to do it. Mm. Oh, here we are. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, like honestly, this was the biggest project we've ever and th- that we will ever do. Um, in some ways, I feel like when we did all 24 James Bond movies and took like nine months to do it that was less exhausting than doing all the Star Wars movies. Agreed. But, like, these have been fun to do up until now. Like, I don't know if I'm going to have fun doing The Last Jedi. Like, and at the same time, there's there's so many people out there who are critical of this movie for this reason and this reason and this reason. I find that I disagree with a lot of the complaints people have. A lot of things people have issues with, I'm okay with, and most of the things that I'm really upset about this movie for are things that don't get brought brought up often enough. So I feel like this could end up being the longest episode we have just because I've got so much to, you know, frustration to vent about this. And it's also one of these things where you finish watching it and you're like, I see what they were going for there, but this is a much better way to pull that off. And I've got, I've got rewrites in my head going on about this movie and, you know, just to sort of put it in perspective, I'm not one of these people who just jumps on, oh, I hate this movie. I feel like you can see with um like the prequels, people who are just dead set on hating the prequels no matter what. You know, doesn't matter how good Revenge of the Sith is, it's still like, oh, well, it's the best of the prequels, I guess. Like you can't enjoy anything. We came off of The Force Awakens here saying, yeah, this movie's got a lot of issues, but we both are like, it's a fun movie. And we like it more after seeing The Last Jedi. We're not just out to hate on the Disney movies. We just don't like The Last Jedi. There are real issues with this movie, and yet I still enjoyed it enough that I saw it four times when it was in theaters. A lot of that was curiosity to see, I wonder if it'll get better after this. Oh, that got a little bit better, but I'll say this. This came out on Blu-ray. I bought it the first day, got halfway into the movie and stopped watching it, and didn't finish for another year. Hmm. In a year and a half that I have owned this movie, I have watched it all the way through once. Um, so it'll be twice after this. I mean, I saw The Force Awakens more times when it was in the theaters originally than I have seen Last Jedi in two years. So I don't know if I'm dreading this, if I'm excited to finally get this frustration up, but it's going to be a lot of complaining. Um, but I will have some very solid defenses for things that people hate, I think, for no reason. I feel every Star Wars movie
0: I've kind of seen, and even... Other movie franchises I love, uh, like the big ones, James Bond, Jurassic Park, you know, I've always left the movie, first impression is always loved it, you know, I really enjoyed it, and then you kind of sit on it for a bit and then you realise the things that maybe you didn't like it and things like that. This, I think, was the only one from those big three that I love that I've ever left and gone, I don't know how to feel about that. And we'll probably talk about this in the episode, but I remember seeing it with Noah and we deliberately were like, let's not say anything until we get in the car. So we like the movie ended. We were in silence. We walked to the car. We sat down. We closed the door and we were like, Cool, count three. What did you think of it? And then I it sticks in my head, Noah, straight away. I didn't like it. <laughs> like it just yeah. And I was like, oh, I just I just don't know what I feel about it. Like I just I just don't know. I really can't tell you how I feel about this movie. Um Yeah, it's and I've I've already rewatched it for this, and it was the third time I'd ever seen it. I saw it twice at the movies. hadn't watched it since it came out. So, yeah. Look, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just yeah. next week, and guess what, Colin? You get to host it. So, yeah, oh boy. <laughs> Good fucking luck. Um, so that'll be next week. And the exciting thing after The Last Jedi is done, we do our Rise of Skywalker preview episode, which is exciting, because we do it. So, uh, we really appreciate, though, uh, we we know a lot of people have been listening to it. Shout out Chris Dixon, I know you've been listening to it. Uh, uh, Nick, our good co-host friend has been listening to it. I realise he's been shouting a lot at our um, episodes, going off at our opinions, particularly in the prequels, but we appreciate you having a bit of a listen. Uh, and to everyone else, I believe Cable's had a bit of a listen too, and it's, it's good that we've had three people who love us listen. and. Uh- <laughs> That's it. Um but uh yeah, no, in all seriousness, thanks for everyone listening. We hope you're enjoying it. And as Colin mentioned, you know, it's been it's, it's been a it's been a long project. Uh we generally only stick to four movies kind of in the lead up to a release, but to commit to all ten, um, you know, in such a short time compared to, as you said, twenty four Bond films in a in a lot more spread out. We weren't pressured into getting it out before Spectre back then. Fuck, we would have been screwed <laughs> if we had did it then. So, uh anyway, download Double Seven, uh new episode coming eventually. We haven't done one in about two months, but anyway. Uh, Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, uh, Instagram as well. Leave us feedback. We appreciate it. And uh, thank you for tuning to Y'all's Network as we get closer and closer now, two weeks away from uh, Rise of Skywalker. Get excited. It is very, very exciting times. My name is Ben Waterworth and (laughs) I'm in charge now. And I'm Lapita Nyong'o, and that's not how the force works! Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at the OzNetwork.net.